Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? I am recording this from uh, my hotel here in Austin, Texas, where we just recorded a live episode of You Made It Weird, which was so awesome. I can't wait for you guys to hear that. Uh, thanks to all the Austin weirdos that came out, and actually quite a bit of people from all over the country that are just here, obviously, for South By, that came out. It's always great to be here. Uh, this is also just a tremendous episode, uh, you know, hot off the heels of uh, Mosho, which was just so, so funny. Here is Ben Schwartz, so, so, so funny as well. Just such a great guy. And uh, let, let's get into it as quickly as possible. Obviously, the obligatory plug for the Pete Holmes show. Go to PeteHolmes.com slash tickets if you want to come to a free taping. If you're in the L.A. area, please come out. Uh, the more weirdos in the audience, the better. I can always tell when we have podcast fans in the house, and they make the best crowds for sure. And it makes the show so much better. So please come out if, if you can. All the info you need about the show is on the PeteHolmes.com. And also clips, full episodes, videos, anything you would want regarding the show. So check that out. And our sponsor today we have a new sponsor is the hundred on cw it's a new show uh, and it's okay what it is is <laughs> i'm so good at slipping into the uh, into the copy it's been 97 years since nuclear armageddon decimated the earth destroying civilization the only survivors were the 400 inhabitants of 12 international space stations that were in orbit at the time so life on the ark is hard. ARK, like Noah. Population is tightly controlled, resources are severely rationed, and all crimes, no matter how petty, are punishable by death unless you're under 18. Now, unbeknownst to the general population, the ARK is dying. In a desperate attempt to prevent the extinction of humanity, a group of 100 juvenile prisoners are secretly exiled to the ground to test whether the atmosphere can once again support life. The youth have quite literally inherited the Earth. Two Bible references. It shows right up my alley. <laughs> Survival isn't who you are, it's who you become. Tune in, The 100 series premiere on Wednesday, March 19th at 9, 8 central on The CW. That show sounds dope. Check it out, The 100. Now, enjoy Ben Schwartz. Yes. I want to I go over the questions you had about the podcast. What happened? One is, uh, I think last time, didn't... Did we one time schedule it and you thought it was in the evening and there was a mix-up? Was that you? No. That's happened before. Who did that? I forget who that happened with. You did think you thought... I'm not making fun. You thought it was Is a live... You thought it was it? a live show? Yeah, just have a seat. Well, well you said come to Meltdown. The last time I was here, I was a live oh, show. Oh, it's a show. Yeah, they're shows. Yeah. Oh, again, completely reasonable. <laughs> let's, not, let's not get started. This isn't an attack podcast. You idiot! It like it is. It feels right off no, the bat. No, let's start like with the song we just sang. What a... Go ahead. What a special moment. What a special feeling. What a special moment. Wait, so you're so good. I'm just waiting for you. No, but you're so you're such a talent. And, and, Pete Holmes! And one of the kind of talents that I've always liked working with because I'm the big dumb idiot. And you're no. the guy who, who can play the big dumb idiot. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because that's a style of comedy. But they can also tweak things so perfectly, just in the way that you went low, because you were like, oh, we're both going high. Ben Schwartz, one of the most talented improvisers and comedians alive, for sure. <laughs> Untrue, keep goes, going. This galoot. <laughs> this galoot? Meaning is going to do the same exact note. 
I gotta put some flavor in this before this idiot ruins this whole fucking thing. But that's brilliant. Oh, it's that's, two that's, dumb idiots hanging out. That's what happens when you no, get two dumb idiots hanging out. I absolutely believe that we are two dumb idiots. I, I agree. That as a compliment. But, you know, that was kind of the beginning of our relationship was we, no one, and I mean this as an, not an insult, but it's oh. like a criticism. No one was able to do two-man improv with me except you and Thomas Middleton. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, Dad. What did we call that group? Did that have a group? Oh, name? I don't know. We had, we had a name. Oh, my goodness. There's I no about way that. we wouldn't have had And you were very name. nervous. And you and Thomas I? and I, yeah, you were like about doing it. And I believe Thomas I, I, and I were I, like, I, you should do right. it with us. That sounds right. You should do it with us. And, and then you said, it. fine, I'll do it. I would do it. But then I love doing two-man improv. And I've said this many times on the show. That's my favorite kind of improv. Yeah. Which is why on, on, the, on the Pete Holmes show, we do so many two-man scenes i just love yep. the dynamic of two people talking it's a very new yorky kind of style do you find yourself playing the character when you do two-person scenes or do you play the straight man i'm always the character right because it's your show i guess well right yeah although some people can shine as the straight man we were just talking about it's how very hard we uh, we were just talking about this so how it's like uh me and my friend were talking about we were on some job and on the job it was like uh, we were punching up something, and this person gets a joke. This person gets a joke. This person gets a joke, and then you ground the scene. Yes. And then this person gets a joke. Yes. This person. But someone said that Harold Ramis was like. I think Michael Schur wrote an article saying that Harold Ramis was the master at that. Of that. If you look at Egon and stuff like Huge that. Huge yeah. talent. Well, Matt McCarthy, who let's not he let's not is a words. genius. He's such a great straight man, but he's also an incredible wacky dude or whatever you call the other guy. But like, let's not uh, undervalue. Somebody that can just crush it and get yeah. huge laughs. Steve Carell's kind of like that. Well, we were the w- conversation I was having was how uh, Steve Carell is like that. Um, Ricky Gervais in Extras, season one, he's the wacky guy. What's, yeah. the, what's the non-straight man? The gay man? No, that would be hilarious, though. Um, <laughs> that's something. In, that's flamboyant something, man. The flamboyant I guess the man character, I guess, or the straight man and the crazy. I would say you know, the crazy guy. If I was writing something, I'd say, all right, so this is the crazy guy. Okay, the crazy. Yeah, that's right. The crazy guy. Yeah, I don't know that's how exactly true that is, is, but yeah. Oh, I have so many things I want to tell you. I'm going to write down. Ask you have no, By the way, you have nothing on the pad. I never do. Is that true? Yeah, we just talked. Oh, I thought, you were, start, I thought you were like, oh, i got to write I did down. read your Wikipedia page. You're from the Bronx, but the Jewish part. Who cares? Yeah, right. I'm listen, very interested listen, to see. You and I haven't really any, hung out, hung any, out. No, never. Any, listen to any, any other Ben Schwartz <laughs> podcasts if you want to know where he's from. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Putting them down. I, I listened to Aziz's before this. You did. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to Zach's a long time. Because a a while ago we were going to do it and then you got really famous and got a talk show that's not you got super famous no. and got a talk show <laughs> and then uh, your own so uh, but down. i listened to galfinakis on that one and i thought both were awesome so it's i'm sure everybody's listening listen to, those two, to two episodes that were recorded at their home yes that's why when you said here i was yeah. like oh because the only things i know were their places it's you know with, and you didn't even give me that option nope <laughs> but i i mean that uh let's let's say same some 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 of the big ones some of the big ones <laughs> that, uh, that, that came here. Johnny Ham sat where you. If were you call seated. him John, the only other Johnny episode Ham. I heard you called him Johnny Ham, <laughs> and someone goes, "Does anybody call him Johnny?" You go, "No, of course not. I'm the only one that calls him Johnny." Disrespectful. So disrespectful. Johnny Ham. Ham time. I also love Donnie Drapes. Everybody knows anything. <laughs> You're Benny Schwartz. Benny you know Schwartz. I mean? Yeah, sure. Although when I say Benny Schwartz, it sounds like a Jewish mother. That's like Benny. You know what I mean? I, feel I like get that Benjamin like... a lot from Jewish oh, parents. Yeah. Okay. Benjamin. I get that a lot. My mother is. I think an honorary Jewish mother in that she's Eastern European. She's Lithuanian. You're Catholic? Holmes? Catholic? No. Well, that's a good guess. Uh, it's just Protestant. Protestant. I usually say What's regular. the difference between the two? Catholic is older. 
Okay. Uh, it's the original flavor. Is it the same skeleton of a religion or absolutely totally different? Here's the best way to understand it. I, lo- I love these types of questions. I'm, I'm kind uh, of by the like way, and I happy. ask, I'm trying to learn for myself. I'm ignorant yeah. when it comes to that stuff. Here's the best way to think of it. Uh, Catholicism is more like high church when you think of like, let's go to England and we're going to look at like high a church, fancy. Like, like posh church. Yeah, a little posh. Okay. You're going to see more gold. You're going to see uh, a collection basket on, like looks like a pool skimmer. Yes, yes. Uh, there's going to be an organ. It's going to like stained glass. That's, yes, that's, yes. That's more. Now, there are other sects of Christianity that have churches like that but just in general like that's Catholicism or Christianity notes, that's Catholicism, Catholicism. Okay. Protestants is more what you might see like uh, on TV like a Joel Osteen like in a basketball I don't know arena. who that is oh is that with like and, and so the guy that's evangelical that's okay. like t- televangelist sort of stuff but that is Protestant okay. a televangelist is a Protestant the fu- did you go, no way did you go to a church where a gentleman was preaching like no, that no because Protestant is just a catch all term for just not Catholic meaning you kind of broke away Protestant Catholic uh, tensions in Ireland I'm sure you've heard of yes, that Northern yes, Ireland yes. so there's a, they don't always get along throughout history the Protestants and the Catholics but like so there's more ritual with Catholicism There's that's where you get confession that's where yes, you get uh, priests which I find very interesting and nuns that don't marry can I ask a question about confession do you have you ever done it no because it's Catholic oh, okay, but go ahead no, then I you wanted to do it but I, my question I is, know how it goes down Ben at the, at the end of it are they supposed to tell you like from movies uh, what I've learned yep. is that they tell you okay if you do this many Hail Marys yep. which I'm assuming are prayers correct yeah Hail Mary full of grace uh, right some, some God is yeah. with you so if you do that many then the sins that you have You're just absolved. done are totally done. Absolved. Is there ever a situation where the sin you present is so much yeah. that they they are like, we can't help you? Like, what happens if they say, I've murdered a man or I've taken a life? Yeah, 100,000 Our Fathers. Is that true? No. Oh, oh. Here, and also, do they, great question. do they, can go, can they go to the police and can they say, this gentleman, no, no it's like, they can uh, strongly encourage that's you. That's like a go. lawyer, how a lawyer yeah. can't talk yeah, to Yeah, yeah, or a doctor or a therapist. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Thing. So they could. Essentially, I think if it's something that if it's like is Dexter. about to happen, if you tell me I'm going, I've killed and I'm going to kill again, I think they at therapy you can break it. Isn't that crazy? It is nuts. Isn't that the wouldn't the mind of a sociopath then go kill people and then to get his jollies off go to that person? That's a fantastic. Don't you think you got to write that? Oh my god, it it's seems very a, interesting. It seems like such a HBO quirky. It's like a yes, yeah, like a sociopath. I like, don't like those serial killer things. I think they, I think they shine a good. Do not you watch a good True light. Detective? Love True Detective. In fact, Ben, ask me what I'm doing after this podcast. You're going to finish watching True Detective? No, I'm going to rewatch all of True Detective <laughs> to get pumped for tomorrow. With the four, yeah, to get pumped for tomorrow. It's not even the finale. <laughs> I've always been drinking when I watch it, like a little drink. What do you drink? Are you do you drink not a, throughout not a, the day? Oh, interesting. Not, what do you, I'm watching it during the day. I watch it in the evening. I don't know. You just said I'm going home right now to watch them. Oh, I'm not going to drink now and okay. watch them. But like okay. when I watch it, it's usually like 10 o'clock. I'm home from work and I'll yeah. have like a glass yeah. of wine. You know, totally normal stuff. If, if it were worse than that, I would tell you. But one glass of wine, that's true. One glass of wine is enough to make me go like, what the fuck is going on now? It's just enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to rewatch it. Because the way people are getting into it. But here's the thing. When you start, like, I, I think there is something to be said about when they're, like, uh, serial killers, like the Cecil, uh, Cecil Hotel one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. The, the video of the elevator? Yeah. Dude? Dude. I, well, first of all, I don't know. The, all I know is that that woman was found in the thing, right? In the water. But okay, nobody knows quick. what happened. Yes, there's a there's a fucking the video creepy. Is... Go ahead, you do it. But no, t- tell uh, you the can people. explain it. But the video is very scary because it's so, scary. so slow and real. And you're watching this it's young funny that woman, you say right? Slow because it was slowed down. Oh, is that true? Yeah, because the real video was released. It's much faster, and 58 seconds have been cropped out. 
And what happens in those 58 seconds? Just her not being in the elevator. Oh, probably her just fucking high-fiving whatever demon told her to oh, climb wait, wait, into wait. the water thing. There's an unedited version with the, that. It's gone. Who edited it? Who edited it? Wait a second. So wait. Okay, so let me catch you do it, because you do they're going to enjoy do. this. I'm going to do it so fast. I'm sorry that we're going tangential stuff. No, no, stuff. no. That's how we do. That's how we do. Katie, tell them that's how we do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Katie refuses to talk. <laughs> Katie refuses to make noises. Uh, uh-huh. Hi, Katie. I'm Ben. This is Ben Schwartz. Nice to meet you. Uh, okay, so the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles is a famously somewhat like kind of haunted. It's more creepy than haunted, meaning a lot of suicides, some homicides. Right. Uh, someone jumped out of the window and landed on someone, killing both people. And then a serial killer, I believe in the 50s. I'm just going to say the 50s. Someone can look it up. Google it. And that makes you smarter than me? I'm going off the dome. <laughs> I'm mad at this fake person. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm saying it was, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like it was like old timey serial killer stayed at the Cecil, and then he murdered a bunch of uh, within think, the hotel, or he went outside. He, he lived in the hotel, and then he would go out and kill people. But then he'd throw his bloody clothes in the dumpster behind the hotel and stuff. And then another serial killer would stay at the Cecil Hotel in homage, in homage to that to serial that first, killer. Oh and he boy. also went out and murdered people. And then, so there, there's been crazy stuff going on. There's a on. movie being made by, about this already, by the way. There someone, already someone was have, a movie. Oh, really? Dig this shit, motherfucker. <laughs> get into it. The Elsa, her name is Elsa Lan. This is the person who passed away? This is the person who recently passed away. Okay. El, I, can you Google that? Cecil Hotel Elsa, E-L-S-A-L-A-N, I believe. I believe. Katie will correct me in a moment. She was staying in that hotel, so this hotel with all this crazy stuff happening. Yeah. We have the footage of her getting on the on the elevator. From the elevator camera. No history of mental illness, no history of drugs. Okay? So she gets... It's the elevator camera. Mm-hmm. She gets in. You've seen it. Now you can jump in all you want. No, go, go, go. Okay, I'll, I'm just going to recap. Do the whole thing, We'll yeah. talk about the video. We have the video. She ends up in the water tank of the hotel naked. Well, you don't see that part. All you, you don't see, see is it. you see her going into the elevator and being very... Str- oh, as if someone was chasing her, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's hiding from somebody that you don't see. She's popping out and looking. And the elevator isn't working, right? Isn't and she pressing the button? And it stops working. She's pushing the buttons and the door won't close. So Occam's Razor, simplest ex- explanation. Someone is chasing This, her. by the way, is an amazing way to get into your religious aspect of this whole podcast. Sure. Which I've learned about from listening to it. Absolutely. Uh, but keep going, keep going. So, uh, but, see, one of the things, because I am the type of person, I have what's called... You believe in ghosts. I have a confirmation bias. I want to believe in ghosts. You want to believe so in ghosts. So here you go. Could that yeah. be the same thing for religion? You want to believe in your religion? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, absolutely. Sure. Uh, but it's interesting, going back to the Our Father's Hail Marys, right? Yeah. People that repeat things, chanting, repeating, repeating prayers over and over, it does something to your body's chemistry. People have great success with that sort of stuff. When I say do 50 Hail Marys, if you do them for real and like get into that, yeah, it's a type of meditation and it's going to do something to your brain. But absolve your sins. Let's say you cheated on your wife or something like that to, to, to put someone in mind place where if they do something. See, I don't know the religion well enough to go I understand. through it. But it's like um, to say that, like, if you did this, then if you if you do these Hail Marys, you're fine. Just don't do it again. Yeah, I understand. I feel like there's a lot of guilt when it comes to Judaism. There's like a ton of guilt. There is repentance stuff like that. But it's like, well, you get the Yom Kip. You get the Yom Kip. We got a quick Yom Kip to get all those. You got that Yom Kip. But Yom Yom Kip is beautiful. One thing we can all agree on Mm. is there's a there's a deep need for redemption. I would say people want to be in the world. 
Yeah. Okay. Because why? Because we're we're us all day. I'm the guy that drove here today in the rain, and somebody was like in the lane next to me. I, I think of myself as a kind person. Someone's in the lane next to me in an Audi 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 yeah. A7. Didn't even know it went that high. It's a big car, right? Long uh, car. No, it, it's a small car. It's like oh. a sporty car. Okay. And I thought I was gonna like. I'm trying to get in his lane, and I'm like. Fucking speed up or slow down, you dumb shit. You it's didn't like, say it out loud. Not out loud. Oh, I kind of said it to myself. My windows were up anyway. Right, he couldn't have heard me. He's in his day seven. Are you that type of guy that would yell at a person? Never. Uh, okay, I've never good. done that in my life. Okay, good. I never would do that. I, in fact, that's a deal breaker. I was in the car with a girlfriend once, and she'd like yell. I was just thinking about her. If someone had her their lights off, she'd even be like, lights! Oh, my God. And I was like, that's I can't, like, I can't uh, have that. If I dated a girl that's really mean to a waiter or a waitress, I would immediately, I would immediately be like, that's really, that's really, I would call I'll call her Good out. Good for fucking I'll be you. Like, That's, but I would do it in a very nice way and stuff like that. I would be. Yeah, there's there's a way to be kind. But oh you gotta, my goodness! Like I remember the same same girlfriend was one time laughing that a meter maid was trying to give them a ticket or something, and they were like they peeled away and were laughing at her like two attractive young girls laughing, and I think they flipped her off or yelled something at her, and I'm like, she's just doing her fucking right. job. You were parked illegally, and then she comes in. You think she wants to be in that little one-third car? Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you think she, that, that's the that's sound the of music. fucking car. I got it. <laughs> what type of car do you do? I thought I saw I you behind me today. I drive a one-third car. I drive one of those one-third I, I thought I, I was cars. like, oh, I, I think he's behind me. And then I was like, what car would Pete Holmes drive? I do hit not me. know. Hit can me. I guess? Yeah, please. If I had to guess. I'm going to guess yours next. Yes, I don't you know absolutely your, can. I don't know. I would love that. And by the way, yeah. I don't care about status or anything like that. Well, that's so a tip. This means, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But this means nothing to me. But yeah, I was sure. very curious. Oh, we're not doing it in the L.A. What do you drive way? No, right. Because it was a Jeep behind me. And I'm like, I don't think Peter Holmes would drive a Jeep. No, I've never. I think you drive a Volkswagen Passat. Oh, my God. I drive a Volkswagen Golf. Oh, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> All right, go go. I don't for need me. that Passat. By the way, I don't have loved ones. This is never gonna end. We're <laughs> high fiving forever. I'm sorry. It's a let's little... see. Oh. Ah, you want to keep going? It goes back. Don't rob me of the compliment. I just say I just say, you. I just say yes and whatever I'm gonna do, you know. I'm gonna do two. What man. do I drive? I'll be very impressed. By the way, how close was that? I was that like, was I feel great. like he's a Volkswagen Passat. Uh, you don't really care, but you got you, 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 you got the TV. You got a little bit of TV dough. My first impulse was actually something nice. Oh, maybe then go for it. Maybe I right. thought maybe you had something nice, but then you said you don't care about status. I'm gonna say, I'm, here, give me your hand. Do it for real. I'm gonna zap you it in my head. I'm yeah, yeah, zapping yeah, it to you in my head right now. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Both words. Mazda Protege. I mean, it's pretty cool. Uh, Honda Civic. Honda Civic. Yeah, like the you lowest line of the car. The, you know, no, no, very, frills. very common car. Yes, and gets, uh, it gets won't stolen break down a lot, a lot because there's a high resale. Well, I feel value. like also it's like we park so much here and we get banged up. If you, if I had an, an expensive car, I'd be worrying all. I'd be so anxious it's like that Mitch, it's getting Mitch, hit. Mitch Hedberg's bit about what I bought say? an expensive pen because I was tired of losing pens and not caring. That's probably true. It's an absolutely. That's a great. It's bit. a wonderful feeling. The more I kind of like ding up or trash up my car, there is a release in that. But that's same spiritual me. too. There's always little hits. There's always little hits everywhere. I'll park my car because I parallel park everywhere. I don't, I'm not a huge valet guy, so I'll parallel park my yeah. car everywhere. And there's always new stuff. Yeah. And like every now and then you get really screwed over. Like someone knocked over my uh, side view mirror. Yeah. It just wasn't, it was like hanging off and no note I can't or anything. Believe like that. Up. Yep. 
and that so that's like the big. But I got into a huge car accident when I first got here. No, yeah, a woman, Total? a woman was yeah ten thousand dollars worth of damage, and my Ooh. car cost almost that. Oh my so god! So it's like um, I I had a green light. I went, and a woman was texting and driving in a huge Escalade, Ugh. and went through her red light because she wasn't looking, Ugh. and uh, T-boned me and spun me around. And it was it was one of the most scary things, and it was a bunch of years ago when I moved well, how here. How many years ago? Um, I bet it was three years ago, two two to three That's years. Not ago. long enough. I wanted to be farther from. Oh, me. and by the way, it affected me for a while because my whole. Ba- it also made me realize the people that really are in my life do not live in the city. Like everybody that I really care about, everybody that like has a connection to me that would run in an instant Ooh. if something bad happened. Like my family, my best friends. Yeah. By the way, there are people that came. One of my good friends actually did come, but it, you know, like I called like I understand this. I called one or two people, and um, they were very concerned. But if if like some even by the way, and we're not even close. But yeah. if you were called me and we're like, I just got into a car accident. And in my head, I'm like, all right, if he's calling me, he's really flipped out. He's really flipped out. <laughs> but secondly, I would co- I'd be like, all right, where are you? I'll, I'll pick you up. Like, that was, that's always the instinct. If someone's yeah, sure. Because that's like, that never happens to people in their lives. Right. So it's like, you know, unless, some, unless something crazy and I can't get out, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, and it could happen to anybody. Yes. And the initial instinct of everybody was, are you okay? Which is great. Okay, and I go, yeah, you know, my rib hurts and my leg hurts, but I'm not going to the hospital or anything like that. I don't think I'm going to go there. Wait, go, you didn't go to the hospital after getting no, T-boned? No, But also, by the way, there's so many things I learned that day from, like, the police aspect of this city when you get an accident. But, um, so my knee and my, but I was like, um, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, and I was like, um, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just a little shook up. And they go, okay, tell me if you need anything. And I'm never, I never ask for favors, so I can't be like, I right. want you to pick me up. I'm right. fucking... I got I got hit in a place where it was a very Armenian place, right? I lived in a, I lived in Los Feliz in our like like little Armenia, mm-hmm. and everybody was so cool there and everything. We got in this accident, and the woman that hit me was Armenian, and so everybody went to her, and I was totally by myself. Oh, and so like um, and then one guy came over and he like brought me in his like place because the police weren't going to come because nobody got nobody's going to the hospital, and they rushed off like it was crazy. They rushed off that girl, so she was gone in an instant. And it was it was really it was really weird. So no it was way. very scary for me. And like the people gave me the right reaction when they were all concerned, like, Oh my god, are you okay? Do you need anything? And I don't have it in me to be like, Yeah, I'm 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 kinda like I feel Shook up. I feel so out of my element right now. Yeah. And not because the people I'm around, just because I've never been like in an accident like this before and I'm a little shook and my neck hurts a little bit and like but then I called somebody, one of my good friends uh, uh, that I had just done a job with, I called, and he's like, I'll come right now. I'll pick you up, and we'll go make dinner at my place. And I was like, thank you oh, so much. God, thank yes. you so much. And then he took me, and he had a guest over, and it still, like, was wonderful, and it made me. And then, like, but there's all these things that happen that, like, first of all, the cops don't come unless there's, like, you have to report something, I guess. Yep. And and so I waited there for the cops. They never came. If you had said, I think they're drunk, they would have been right there. Oh, by the way, I didn't even think about that. But, and then the other thing was... um. Uh, the second someone finds out there's an accident, you will get six um, tow trucks because that's how they make their money. They find people who are in accidents and quickly get them because they can charge them and bring them to different places that they get money from oh, if they bring your like car a concierge. there. Literally, they're oh. like, they go, oh, I know a place, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you're in this place where you're, by the way, my tow truck guy was awesome. Yep. I knew he was taking advantage of me, but he was also calming me down because I wasn't like, I was Full just service. like, I'll take I was just like what the hell is going on? Calm me down. Right. So it's like, uh, but, <laughs> but like, it was nice. all these things. He was, he was, you know, he was nice because he's like, listen, but he was like, this is what's going to happen. Then my car was the whole, if someone was in my front seat, they would have been injured. They went through my front seat and I went 360. Oh my God. It was crazy. I ended up on the sidewalk. And again, it was, Ooh. it was one of those things where I, uh, uh, I barely saw it in my right, like, because she ran a red light. 
yeah. she was going really fast. She was going 35, 40 miles per hour. And um, so for a weeks after that, anytime I drove to my right, I would always be of looking course. and be very scared and stuff like that. Of course. But it was uh, uh, it was that moment of me like calling my dad and calling like one of my friends who just moved to New York and calling and being like, just like just to talk to someone to calm myself down. Yeah. I wasn't crying. I wasn't like in hysterics, but it was just like, it would be good to have an ally. I don't have an ally right now. That's absolutely right. And and we, you and I both have that problem. We, I call this the uh, the choking in the bathroom problem. Oh, Meaning no. there's a lot of people, and people know where I'm going with this that listen to the show. People that choke in restaurants will often, people like us, get up and go to the bathroom and choke alone because you don't want to admit that you <laughs> oh, need God. help. So they die in the bathroom. Choking. You would not do that if you were choking. No, but I've worked on it. There was a time that I Give me an example of something that you've done like that. Because that's such an extreme thing. If you're about to die, that's well, different. You, yeah, about to die does change it. But it, you, no one thinks they're dying when they're choking. They think like, okay, I mean, oh, some, right. some there's like do. a moment. There's like a moment where like... Uh, it's embarrassing. You like feel light, lightheaded. And I remember I was, I was really sick. I, I was really sick and I was on a talk show or something like that. And um, I was just like drinking a little bit of water, and then I realized that I really was going to pass out, and I never passed out in my life oh. because, like, I started sweating profusely. What show were you on? Um, nobody would. It's the Nerdist show, actually. It was with Elijah Wood, and uh, it was like the TV show. Oh wow! And I was I had strep pneumonia, or I just got over strep pneumonia, and it was like, uh, and I started sweating, and I was like, oh god, what the fuck is happening to me? So I drank my water, then I drank Elijah Wood's water, and anybody's <laughs> water that was, and I don't know Elijah Wood, and like everybody's water, and then I was like, just Do you drink Wood's water. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like sat down and I was like, okay, if I get through this bit, I'm fine. Just get through this bit, I'm fine. And you're like, and that bit, and they're like, oh, let's do one more bit. And in my head, I'm like, because I love that show and I love, I love Chris and everything. Yeah. But I did not say tell anybody until the I'm, very end. Where I was like, I need, I think I need to eat food right now. To like one of the women, I was like, is it cool? About. That that's an example. Yeah. I, I could have passed out. Yes. Yeah. Any of the see, passing out is embarrassing. Yeah, and it, it wasn't because of stress. It was because literally, I just was like, "You I had would... the best reason. You just yeah. got over like a double disease. Yes, <laughs> you had two at once. Mm-hmm. You had a Ben and Jerry's disease, which happened because <laughs> up. I got sick and um, I, I overworked myself while I was sick. Like, really, I didn't I didn't address it because I didn't want to go to the doctor. See, so, that's yeah. another example. It's overworking. This yeah. is you. Yeah, this is everything. I've gotten fine. better at that. Just like you've said, I've gotten way better at effort. not taking on everything. Yeah, don't choke in the bathroom. Yeah. But it's hard. I, I like. That's a good example. I, I threw up on a bus once because I didn't want to ask them to pull up. Where did you throw up? In something? I had something. What did you throw up in? Yeah, here's a tip. Don't take zinc on an empty stomach. I learned that. Is that true? That'll make you vomit. <laughs> and it was one of the best vomits of my life. It was actually, I was in Israel, and I, w- I took a, a zinc, and I, uh, I just was kind of like, I think I'm going to puke, but I was too embarrassed. <laughs> I'm kind of in the back. It's a, it's like a weird thing to be like. I need to stop. And you're in a new place. You don't yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're with all. I was with all my new classmates, and we're going on a field Ugh. trip. And I was like, I think I'm just going to see where this goes. And you know what? That happened to me recently. I was in the car with my friend Oren. Do you know Oren? Oren Bre- Brimer. Uh, yeah, Oren I met Brimmer. him at Brimmer. I met him at he he uh, directs a bunch of stuff. Yeah, right? he's my director. I feel like oh, yes, I met him at a read through for a movie. Oh yeah, yes. with De Niro. De Niro was De Niro in uh, uh, Nancy Myers and, and the um, dr- Love and Other Drugs, uh, Catwoman. Love and Other Drugs is the movie yeah. you say for her. Yeah, Anne yeah, Hathaway. Yeah. Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Love and Other Drugs. You see her rack a lot. Do you? Is she? Is she have a uh, beautiful rack? Good looking rack. She's a good looking girl. Good looking rack. Yeah. 
I and I agree that she's I wrote for away. her for like the a surpri- Oscars. like a, a noticeable amount of nudity. You know, like I'm not just like being like, and there's one scene. There's like a like lot. brown bunny. People watch brown bunny to see that blowjob scene. It's so weird I watched say it that. just for I that. I saw her at the party last night. What was it? Who the brown party? The brown Chloe bunny Sebi- girl. Who is it? Chloe. It is Chloe. And I said, I, that's such a serendipity to me. See, this is why I'm like, and ghosts are real, and everything's for reason. <laughs> uh, you say that. I saw her last night, Ben. When do you see her? And what? Uh, big at a big thingy? old party and she's walking by and I say to Oren who's also in both of these stories I go oh there's uh, the woman from Big Love and then I go and he goes which one I go the brown bunny one <laughs> And then I realized that she was close enough to hear me say that. Oh, no. Not I, She didn't hear me say it. It was so loud. My biggest fear in the world. I know. It's a terrible thing. Oh, I got a good one. I got a good story for you. About you? About about saying things and having people hear Oh, them. God, yes. Yeah, I hate that feeling so, so much. But she I, she didn't hear me. And really, then I just said, like, that's her fear. I just enacted her fear, which oh, is yes, that someone's, she's oh. now known as the girl that gives the blowjob. Like, why can't we get past that? She has a huge amount of work. Huge work. And you're absolutely Brown bunning. If she didn't... And Orin knew the second you said it. Like, oh, yeah. Went, oh, yeah, the brown bunny one. It's our fucking shame, and that goes back to us needing redemption. I... <laughs> Orin was very nice. I met him once before, yeah. but at the table read, he was very sweet. He's the best. He's a very good guy. And uh, what was it? Oh, I was just going to tell you the story. You'll, I think you'll appreciate this. I was at work, mm-hmm. so you have to understand... Which work? You're at, my, you're at your my, television my, program? My, my television program. Okay. And you have to understand that that's a new position for me where I'm kind of like, oh, I'm the big cheese. You have to kind of. You are. Your name's on the show. You have to own it. Your name is everywhere. You know, because every sign. You have to make decisions. This is the production. And then I'm getting better at, at all that stuff. Like something that I'm so proud of myself, if I make pay myself Please. a compliment, I'm Your getting podcast. better. It's a waste of time to be too nice and be like, yeah, I kind of like what you never just be like, no. I used just to have no. this thing. Just say no. Just say no is a hard thing to learn from me. And then the other thing that I had a problem with was more at the very beginning, I would do these short films uh, and put them on the internet. And I got lucky, a couple of them hit, and uh, I would get a ton of comments. And some would say, kike, some would be very no. anti. Oh, of course. Some would make fun of the way I look, some would make fun of my nose, like everything, right? And at the beginning, but then there's some, some people like, this isn't funny. And I found myself really getting hurt mm. by um, the people. Because when it goes out, and let's say you get a million or two million hits uh, or views or whatever, uh, a lot of people end up seeing it, and um, it, it would hurt. And then I would, I would kind of want, I would want, I had this feeling in me that I want to make everybody happy. I don't, yes. They don't have to love what I do, but I almost want to be like, oh, I'm sorry. And like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as I got older, you realize that it just, it would waste your whole life Beautiful. to try to get yes. people to. Um, Love, you know, to just to make them, you just want them to be happy, like, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, or like, or like, you, not everybody's gonna like your shit, not everybody's gonna think that you're good, or whatever. And by yeah. the way, you know, you may not be good yeah. in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. But um, it took me a while to learn that, and not to be like egotistical about it, just to be like, you know what, you know, let let it slide. Mm. The more you get hit by it, the more you fail, the more you get hurt by stuff like that. The easier it is to learn to let it go. Yeah, absolutely, that's what I think. But it's also your interpretation of happiness is you and that person getting along yes which is a oh, great call yeah that's not true you're absolutely correct <laughs> they're happy that's not the way to live might... anybody's life that's right a random person i don't know i know why we talked about this recently i was like it's manipulative because i'm a you have to understand i'm talking to myself right now it's manipulative for me to try and make everyone like me you right. know what i mean like i could see you being very similar in that i am similar yeah. in that way and you have to be like no they're a person with free will and maybe and if i'm being my authentic self not just being a shape shifting i'll be whatever you need me to be yeah then maybe they won't like me some people this is a thought i had on the ride over again some people hate what you love yes that's just how it is yes i love my show you hate my show that's how it goes, baby. Right. You know what I mean? 
You can still be friends with that person. It's fine. Yeah. And maybe going back to you, their happiness is is hating you. But that they get joy in being I'm not saying with my that, success? I'm not saying they should be saying racist things on YouTube or anything. Right. And that's I'm, an extreme. I'm also not saying that's their highest self being filled with hate and spewing darkness. I don't think that's good. Right. But I do think, like, maybe uh, maybe you're not for them and that's okay. Yeah. I, th- I think there is uh, – you learn it quick. The, the, the more you get it, you learn it quick. And I remember yeah, – That's I do, true. And by the way, performing, like, a, you've done stand-up a billion times. I've, I've done a improv. I think we counted it out. It was like 750 or 1,000, some crazy oh, number. Wow. So it's some crazy number that we, I've done shows. And uh, at the beginning, you know, you want to crush. And then when you don't crush, there's always that feeling of like, oh, God. I, you get, I get so mad at myself when yeah. I, at the beginning. Uh, and, you know, you still get disappointed when you have bad shows, but now I can let it go. I, yeah. I can totally let it go. Before, it would bother me. For, and you could add, like, I was on a team with Adam Pally and Gil Ozeri. Hot sauce. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Great team. And so when we when we did shows, after, if we had bad shows, it would bother us, man. It would mm-hmm. bother us for, you know, days, be really upset. I just feel like... I'm trying to do Adam. Oh, God. We could have packed you more with laughs. That's an amazing pally impersonation. <laughs> At least I tried. Oh, you know God. what I mean? I, I gave he's it a so go. He's so fucking funny. Oh, he's great. He did the show. Yes. And I'm going to listen. I yeah. downloaded his. I'm going to listen to his uh, next. Oh, yeah. Please don't feel like I'm pushing it on you. He was no. great, though. You'd like it. Uh, I can't wait to listen Tells to it. Tells a great story. Mm, he's brilliant. Uh, so, yeah. It used to be really hard on you guys to not have a good show. Just and you know, it always hurts when you do something and people don't accept it. There, I used to write a monologue Joe. Oh, you're, yeah, no, you're host, so I used to freelance that, and uh, you write a lot. And then when when they didn't take them and they would do other jokes, yeah. you'd be like, oh, I think mine are better than of course, right? But then of course, you know, they know exactly how their show goes. You learn to let it slide and stuff like that. And there's um, a million things going on. I'll tell you, as somebody who now sees what an ego at the helm of a show can do, I'll turn down like good things just because they don't click with me. I'm just a give man. Give me like a sketch or a... Sure. Something that might be great. That's That goes back to the big cheese thing where it's like, I need to see through the thing that I'm initially having yeah. a problem with and then seeing what's good about it. And what I try what have that. you sacrificed by taking that job that you really wish you got? I know you love doing stand-up. Can you uh, not do stand-up as much? Can you not question. do... Um, do you want to act? Do you want to... I will let you interview me, but that, that'll be so frustrating for everyone. <laughs> oh, I'll do it just for this. Just for this thing. I'm an I'm a anthropology major. I always love learning about the person. Honestly. Oh, I know. It's great. It's yeah. You're a wonderful listener. You're a very talented yes-ander. But it's, here's, here's a compliment coming at you. Hot oh, and fresh. Oh, no, no. Hot and fresh. Good improvisers are just good people. They are. They're like fun. The lessons you learn in our careers, like learning how to say no, learning not to take it personally, learning yeah. that you're not for everybody, all are, are good life lessons. Also, learning to listen, learning to react, learning to build. There are people that are that don't yes and in my life, and I'm like, I want to strangle them. I'm like, yeah. you're not supposed to correct my joke. You're supposed to build it. Like, right. work with me. You're not supposed to correct... How I um, throw my wet towel on well, the this bed seems or like relationship you know, like, stuff. It sounds all relationship stuff, right? It can I guess I was thinking of a friendship actually. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Throw your towel away. What friend is taking showers with you? Just my gay men friend. Oh, okay. So it's your relationship. <laughs> your relationship. I don't. I don't consider my gay activities relationships. Oh, they're just straight yeah. up sex. It's just it's meaningless. Just straight up boner. Time. <laughs> no, no, no. That is that is a relationship thing actually. Right. The the shower one. And here, okay. Now it's going to sound like oh, what a sweetie, but like. I, uh, you know, was seeing a girl that would um, always put her wet towel on the bed, right? And then... You know who you are if you're listening to this podcast. Oh, I love her dearly. Okay. It's not bad. And so the wet towel would be on the bed. And then, this is what love is to me, is instead of me hanging up my towel, I would just gloriously throw my towel on top of her <laughs> towel. 
Because she would always be like, I'm sorry, I always do this. And I'd be like, ah! You come in and you whip off your stupid wet towel and throw it also on the bed. Because like American Beauty, it's just a couch. You know what I mean? Right, when they're about right. to have sex and spill the beer. Right. It's just a fucking bed. Right. Who gives a shit? I'll burn this town down before I tell you to hang up your towel. <laughs> and you guys immediately broke up. What's that? You guys immediately broke up. No, I still see that girl. Oh, good. You're still dating that girl? Yeah. Wow. How long have you been dating her? Well, we mostly just date and take showers. and. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really dating as much as we bathe uh, and throw the towel. She just comes over from bathing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a homeless woman who needs to bathe. Oh, God. Oh, I was cares. just listening to that Howard Stern clip about throwing water balloons at homeless people. Michael Jackson used to go out and throw water balloons Oh, I heard people. about that. Yeah. I heard about that. You know who I feel bad for in that With situation? With other famous people, right? Yeah. yeah. The driver. Because you know that's <laughs> you can't, a cush gig. You can't gig. say no. It's a cush gig. Yeah. Because, but you'd have to. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't say no to that's that. That's the sort of thing that you don't think you could say no? I mean, if you're Michael Jackson's driver. You're Michael Jackson's driver. You're getting fucking dope-ass Hanukkah you're, and you're Christmas fi- You're gifts. getting fired if you say no to that. Of course you are. Yeah. With pleasure. With pleasure. With a smile on his face. With a water balloon in your face. The slow duck and duck hunt. You're getting it. You know what I mean? And it's a pleasure. And you let him flip-flap a little bit before you... Yeah, you really got him in your sights. Before you put your gun right up into the television screen and, and really knock him yeah. down. Yeah, and then he's like, I felt something. <laughs> That's Michael Jackson. Because he had a high voice. He had a high... Anyway, so uh, <sighs> if you're driving Michael Jackson around and he's throwing water balloons at homeless people, you know you should quit, but that's a difficult job to quit. It would be tough. That would be tough. Do? Yeah. Go back to Push jobs, airport though. runs or whatever. I'm not putting down drivers, you know. No, my but, grandfather was a cab driver. There you go. Yep. My father laid brick. No, oh, Goodwill hunting. Um, it's a Goodwill hunting reference. I don't know if it is. It is. I don't know. He goes like, "What's wrong?" What's I know. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ah, I was about to do it. What's wrong with laying brick? <laughs> Saw Matt Damon at that party too. Oh yeah. Had a terrible conversation with oh, him. Oh no. Terrible. He uh, he did House of Lies, this television program I'm on. Yes. And he hit was... me with a Damon. I love Damon. I blew it. Go. Uh, no, he. Was I just, just want to be clear in case just, anyone turns it off there. Just Damon's lovely, a class act. Just lovely. Yeah. Just he was very funny. He crushed. He was so good in the episode. He's so funny. That's, Man, he was when I so funny. It was annoying. Our... You're like, oh, you're so good that I'm like, oh, now I just want to yeah. write comedies for you and I all day. Yeah, that's he was, right. He was amazing. I would love a, a Damon Schwartz. I think the next thing I'm going to do, oh, not the next thing, but one of the things in my uh, my barrel right now, although I don't really talk about this stuff, uh, I write movies also. So I write movies for, I've written a couple for Paramount and for Universal, and um, I'm going to write one for myself, and I think I'm going to sell the next pitch, but the one that I have in my back pocket is a movie for me and Sam Rockwell, mm. which I think is going to be Ooh. so fun. What a great... I mean, and so... Just um, tell me it's a Western. Is it a Western? Uh, it is not a Western. I love a Sam Rockwell But I don't want to say what Western. it is, because I think it's a, such an easy idea, and I'm afraid it's going to happen. Yeah. So I want to... That's the one I think I'm going to write on spec by myself for fun. Yeah. And maybe and maybe uh, maybe get him involved Get with it and be the, like, uh, hey, man, what... Like, uh, so I think... What's it called? The Black... Bl- the bl- Blacklist? Get on the blacklist? I've gotten a script on the blacklist before. There you go. Tell people what the blacklist is. The blacklist is, uh, I don't know how you explain it. So it's this, um, oh God, um, it's this list that takes the best unproduced scripts and it highlights them. So like Juno was on that and the social network, but those were going to be made. Yeah. But it's like, um, and it gives people who Aaron may not have. Sorkin's The Social Network? I think it network was. Maybe I'm wrong. On the blacklist? I think Juno was definitely on there. Interesting. Uh, Franklin, Franklin. 
Leonard is the gentleman who puts it together, I believe is his name. Oh. And uh, what I think it is is that I think assistants vote on it. I think it's big people's assistant. I believe. Yeah. You should get. You should find I, out with him if we can t- uh, Google it. Maybe it'll tell you. But it, the best thing is those are the people that read a thousand fucking scripts. Yeah. They read everything. Yeah. So the fact that they picked mine to be one of the fifty yeah, or so yeah, that yeah. they thought were the best that year. Um, I thought it was the best and unmakeable. Oh no! Meaning like these ones? No, because many of them get made afterwards. I believe that, but I thought it w- it's not that. There's no element of like this is so good, but it won't. It needs help. Oh, maybe. Oh no! It's, it's in usually the sense not that, like it's not written by Aaron Sorkin. It's written by Ben. Schwartz. It is unproduced. Well, mine I got lucky. Mine I was writing for Paramount. The movie that I wrote. I, you ever see the movie Soap Dish? From the nineties, uh, yeah, the Sally Field, and yeah. so I wrote a remake to that, which turned it into a telenovela instead of a soap opera. So Latina, yes. Latino. So like all Latina, all Latino cast, and yeah. like um, I watched so many telenovelas beforehand. Uh, it was a blast. Espan, uh, yes, <laughs> yo hablo Espan. Um, but um, fluently, no enough to watch a telenovela. By the way, no, Mi I had corazón. to read it. I mean, my heart, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> But so one of the bits that I have, I think I can talk. I mean, it's secret what happens in the thing. But um, one of the things that happens is like there are three, there are two or three names of um, telenovela titles. Mm. And what I did is I named them all different. Ver- like one is El Fuego Caliente, which is the the hot fire. Mm-hmm. El Fuego Caliente. The next one is the Spanish for the tepid blaze. The next one, it, like they're all the uh, same things. Just funny. and they're also like it's that thing, and they're all trying to outdo each other in these crazy yes. ways. Um, but uh, so that one got on the blacklist and. There's a lot of these things that happen. I've been very fortunate. I won an Emmy for something, and I got in this I blacklist. Know, the Hugh Jackman. But nothing happens. At, like People are like, oh, well, you won this Emmy, or you got it. Like, uh, I'll say that people came to me for rewrites and stuff more after the blacklist, but like your career does not explode. You're back in the car accident. You're, no one wants to pick you up. <laughs> it's Oh, God, that's so sad. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you think that like if Ugh. you win an Emmy, like, oh, they, but it, it's, not, it's something cool that you talk about. And blacklist for me was something so cool. Like, getting on a Harold team for me was such a cool thing because yeah. I always wanted to do that. Like, to get my... Because I was recognized as an actor, not really as a writer, for anybody to recognize that, oh, this thing that he wrote isn't terrible mm. was a cool feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so thankful to be on that list just to get any recognition, but, you know, it doesn't... Oh, that would be a huge thrill. It, it doesn't, like... Yeah. It doesn't make you Diablo Cody. You know, your writing has to be as good. You know, Diablo is a great writer. You have to... Yeah. And stuff also like that. Also the name of one of your novellas. Yes. <laughs> Diablo Cody is the name of one of my novellas. <laughs> Diablo Fuego. Yeah. The Devil's Fire. The oh, Devil's Fire. Work. So where were you? You were talking about... Do you remember? No. Hmm. Was it, any, it was a worthwhile? No, it was good. Oh. Katie? Yeah, uh, Katie. It is, it is Frank... Uh, Franklin Leonard, right? Franklin Leonard. Yep. He's the one who put it together. Ooh, Franklin exacts Leonard. Execs vote on it. Execs. Maybe execs. That's what it is. Execs. You ever have execs? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Uh, well, there's so many things that I that I we wrote can go down that I could go back anywhere. to. I know. Well, no, don't. don't. Okay, right, right, Oh, right, here's one right, thing I right. know that we forgot because I was going to tell that story about someone overhearing what you say and yes, I was talking about being the big cheese. But I, if oh, you wait, remember, tell me that's what it was. You were telling me an example of how you're you yeah, better at being the big cheese, cheese and then how are you doing it better? Uh, yeah, so I'm being the big cheese. And we talked about how life, the things we have to learn in our careers, or yeah. the things we need to learn in our lives, and uh-huh. that sort of thing. So big cheese is, you can have my water, by the way. You can Elijah Wood my water. Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> go, ahead and, go ahead and Frodo Thank my you. water. Uh, <laughs> go radio flyer my water real quick. Yeah, there was a, oh, I was going to make a water tank joke, but I didn't want to. It's, a call back to the, the it hotel. Was, it was there. It was a callback. You knew my instincts. You I knew my heart it. was pure. I could feel it, yeah. But I didn't do it. Oh. I backed away. So anyway, Big Cheese is walking around, and, and one of the things I've noticed that Conan does, oh, we were telling Matt Damon's story. 
sorry. All right. So sorry. He was. He was. He was, he did this whole episode. He was amazing. Oh. <laughs> he was amazing. He was extraordinary. He was funny. He was so kind. And yeah. when we all sat down, he had a normal conversation about real life stuff. Yeah. And it uh, was amazing to He's hear got a that. Coach. He's got a coach for that. He's got a coach. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Matt, he, just sit down and say, oh, God. Raining today. He was so uh, wonderful because to me, that's a movie star. There are very few movie oh, yeah. stars. I think he is a movie star. I'll take D- Matty D over Tommy C. Tom I'll Cruise, Matty D over Georgie C. <laughs> I've never met those over guys. Braddy, Have you met those guys? Matty P. No, no, no. I'm just talking in the box office. Oh wow, yeah. By the way, I'm a. I like Matt Damon. Give me uh, a Matty D. Tell me your. Tell me your. Uh, tell me your Matt Damon story that you screwed up. No, no, no. Finish yours. That was it. He that was, was just that a, was the end of the story. any crush episode. If anybody ever watched it, it's called Damon'sChildren.org, which is probably a real thing he has. Like it's a water. Like he's saving the world. Water.org. He's saving. See, that the was world. my end. Is I went up to him and I said, first of all, here's the thing about talking. With do you ever? Or do you with, ever at the end go? I'd love to have you on my show. Is that something you say now or no? No, now I go if I if the show comes up or something, I go, I'm not pitching the show to you right now. Like I but you kind of are in saying that, I suppose. But I'm, I, well, I, I'm doing the show in like a month, less than a month. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm stoked. Uh I mean it sincerely when I'm like, I I'm not pitching the show to you. Okay, okay. We're just, we're just two guys talking, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'll uh so when you're going in you're at one of these parties and you, here's who was floating around this party. We got Oprah. What, what party is this, first of all? Can you say? Yeah, the w, WME Oscar party. Woo! So Oprah's there? That's not a bit. Is that a... I don't know. I feel Sounds like if amazing. you're with WME, you get to go to that I party. I didn't go to that party. I'm Are you WME? WME? Yeah. <laughs> and I hosted their... Uh, they have an award show that I hosted. I hosted their award show for all their people. Play the theme song to the podcast. <laughs> make it weird. Make it. Um, okay, no. So keep going. So okay, Oprah's I didn't there. know that. I didn't. I thought it was just kind of like everybody gets to go. No, there. and I'm friends with a bunch of those guys. All right, so tell me, tell me what happened. Eh, I hope I didn't get your agents in trouble with no, you. Oh, what does it matter? Oh, by by the way, also, like, yeah, you snubbed me. To be fair, and I by the I did not get invited. It has nothing to do with that. But to be fair, for this part of the thing i yeah. don't really go to a, a ton of them yeah because when i first moved here i went to like i was like could not wait I went to all of them yep then i realized it's the same thing every time but i'm, ne- I'm never in a part where fucking oprah's hanging out and talking to people and snoop d-o-w-g i mean that would have been i mean yeah pretty crazy i didn't see oprah but she was near me you, you can tell when oprah's near <laughs> yeah i bet <laughs> oh, all right so tell me what you do do you, you wouldn't randomly go up to a random celebrity and be like i think you're amazing or i would i would have gone up to oprah i'll tell you that just because what would your first line been, with Oprah been? I would say I'm friends with Rob Bell because she's producing a show with my friend Rob Bell. Okay, and then I would have just said, "Isn't he great? I don't want to take any of your time. I just wanted to say hello. Great, good luck with the show." <laughs> would you say who you are? Hey, I'm Pete Holmes. You May- wouldn't even say that. Maybe. Hi, I'm Pete. I just want to say I'm so excited about your show coming up with Rob. Like I, I rehearsed my Oprah chat. So, but you went As to Matt you Damon. Should rehearse my Damon chat too. Let me, you rehearsed it? Here's the here's where I well here How close to rehearsal did it go? <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear the rehearsal and then the real. I didn't rehearse his part, which is the you know, that's the audible you're gonna have to call. Okay, this is what I want you to do. I want mm. you to do exactly what you rehearsed, and I'm gonna think I'm gonna say what I think he really would have said back, and then you tell me what really happened. So tell me through your rehearsal Beautiful. and then let's do that. Great. Beautiful. I'd like to start the scene by telling I met him you, I don't know him well, but I met him once, so I think, think I know. Just think of what a decent, you know, classy, A-list Hollywood guy would do. And he's probably around many of his friends there. His wife had just handed him his purse and walked away. Okay. So you did you wait for that moment? Were you, Here's were the you spying? Thing. I'm with Oren. And there, I'm telling to And Oren's like, I've never seen you nervous. I'm like, I'm not really nervous. It's just that, like, you, you will be interrupting. 
Right. And you're not interrupting them and somebody, some agent that you might be saving them from. Yeah. You know, no offense to agents. But uh, Asians. But the idea that uh, you're going to interrupt, he's talking to like his wife. He's talking to his friend. He's, he was standing next to Ben Affleck. Right. So I was like, Was he standing next yes, to Ben Affleck? Yes, he was. It was like this. It was like how you'd write it in a movie. Hey, everybody listening, how you're picturing Hollywood you're is exactly, exactly correct. Right. You're and right. Snoop Dogg and Oprah are there. That's right. Taking Amazing. photos. Crazy. So I, uh, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm trying not to satellite too hard. I don't want to freak anybody. What is out. that for? Just to roam he's, around on the he's outside. The, he's the planet. I'm the moon. Got it. I don't want to moon him too much. Got it. So just but, keep it know, with satellite. Moon, moon is kind of weird. Was taken. Okay, got it. Got <laughs> so it. I'm satelliting, and then I'm like, I'm giving this five more minutes or maybe, and then I'm out of here. And this is when Brown Bunny walked by, <laughs> and then I, uh, and then I, went, <laughs> and then Oren's like, you, j- you have to interrupt. He's like either and Orin had been he wasn't drunk at all, but Does I Orin know him? Did Orin no, 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 no. I know him a little bit. I've met him before. Matt Damon. Matty D. From what? From doing a water.org video. Got it. Okay, so we had worked together. So I was like, I have my in. Ben Affleck, I have my in. What do you know Ben Affleck I'm from? The, I'm the star of the most popular Batman parody series oh ever. Oh, my God. And we've done a Batman-Superman parody. I want to know if he saw it. So it's stupid. I'm already going in with an agenda, which is dumb. Are you nervous? Are your palms sweating? I am a little nervous. and I'm, Yeah, maybe my palms were a little sweaty, which is great. Celebrities get the most clammy handshakes of any people. As I'm sure. King, By the way, also, Kings of old had nothing on celebrities because nobody wanted to shake a king hand. No, I guess not. Yeah, People want to shake those celebrity fruit and hands. hams and stuff. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. There oh, you go. I blew it. No, 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 That's go, go, go. Uh, um, oh, the, the thing that I've learned uh, from, I mean, I don't, I'm not friends with Matt Damon or Ben Affleck, but uh, Neither am I. is that once you have conversations with people, you realize they are just people. That's fucking what's coming up. And by the way, up. they're all fucking nerds like us. Yep. You know what I mean? Like to be this into, I mean, I'm sure there are some beautiful, I shouldn't be. Speak freely, Benjamin. I shouldn't be like, what's the word for the beautifulist? Oh, like if someone's so gorgeous, they couldn't be a nerd. But uh, uh-huh. the, but there is, there is a, I'm Beautiful. sure there are people that are so gorgeous and so good that they don't have, but like, if you're really in love with comedy or acting or writing, you're a, you're going to be so into it. Right. You're a fucking nerd, just yeah. like me yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, assuming yeah. you. We and have it's that like, in common. Yeah, so it's I've like, heard Matty D talk about movies and the way he breaks them down. That's nerd shit. Oh, so there is that <laughs> moment of like, like with, with Cheadle, I wouldn't use the word nerd for Cheadle, but like with Donnie Cheadle, Cheats. with Don, with Don Jeez. I called Donnie G. I did Conan with him. In a, oh, he would him love Jeets. you. He would love really? you. Oh, he would love. I don't know if he does. I'm he left he the would. couch and then I, I did the segment after him. He, oh, he, he remember when I saw him. you? I did Conan and, and then I you went there the and you're like, "Listen, I'm going to do Conan for the first time." Uh, do you remember that? And you're like, "Which is there any advice?" Yeah. And I was with my dad and my dad. Uh, when you got your own show, uh, my dad was like, "Hey, he's that guy Pete that we met from the uh, thing." Ah, no like, way! Yeah. yeah, he loved That's it. That's incredible. Um, but uh, you, you do really like with Cheadle. It's like I remember the first time that we were doing something with him, and I saw him for the first time. It's that aura of like, "Oh my God, Hotel Rwanda!" Everything you've seen him yeah. in that he's extraordinary in, and you could never do. I could never do what he does in Hotel, Hotel Rwanda. Yeah, and then um, slowly his face turns into a human being's face and not just the face you've seen in movies and mm. then he's a human being and then that's it. Yeah. But there is always that moment at the very beginning when it's like, I've because you've only seen this person right. in blank. But as you as you meet more and more of these people, that, it's the same with the that segment goes the, sl- the, smaller the and smaller. The five minutes of grace period that Seinfeld talks about in the movie Comedian. He's like, they're excited to see it for about five minutes. And then it's, and then yeah. it's like, let's hear some jokes. With comedy, I think for improv, I don't know if it's the same, it's like, let's say I uh, do New York, which I haven't done the New York UCB in a while. At the be- like the first second, they're excited to see you, and then they're like, "All right, now pro- 
prove if you're fucking funny. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's it, right. You have uh, right from the beginning. Yep. Although in LA, when because I've been doing a weekly show for years now, the people that are there have been there every week. They know what to expect. They yep. know who's coming on stage, and yep. so uh, you get um, a nice little safe place. Yeah, it's kind of like they want to see you try weird shit yeah. because they've seen you perform a bunch already. I'll tell you this little tangent too. Now I <laughs> remember we got to get I, back to your yeah, Matt Damon yep, story. Yep. I did Conan two nights ago. I, I did panel. And uh, that's when you sit down on the couch. I know first you, guest I, or I, second? I was second. Who was first? First guest was uh, John C. Riley, who, who did stay and riffed around with me a bit. That's great. And I enjoyed it. Do people not usually stay? Donnie Cheats didn't stay. Why? Well, I assume Donnie Cheats had to go somewhere. Oh, he's probably filming. Yeah, he was probably yeah. dunk, ducking in, doing yeah. that, and going back yes. to work. Uh, John C. Riley kicking it, kicking it old school, did I some riffing, so. all that sort of stuff. Uh, why did I tell you this? To tell you that what were you just talking about? You said I did Conan the other day, and I I wanted to tell you talking about um, oh, what's going on here. Celebrities becoming normal people. Becoming normal people. Yeah. You said for a minute you, I saw Cheeto, and then you like let it go, and then after you said you said someone has stand up in a grace period, five minute grace, and Seinfeld. You talked about. Mm. Talked about Seinfeld and five minute grace period. Me going to New York and then being, <laughs> then I'm coming here and they know exactly what to expect. Ah, here's what it is. <laughs> Good listeners, well, that's great, great listening. <laughs> and now you call back the first thing we talked about, and then we all our brains explode. Don't even try to think of it. Is that when I go on Conan's show now, I'm so spoiled by my own show. Oh yes, that being a guest on someone on you are his so show, relaxed. I bet it's it is relaxing, but I'm also kind of like, why aren't they going? Woo! At everything I say, because it's like just just even if you don't know who I am, and, but or that a fan, show especially because people watch your show after that show, so you'd assume people watch that show are I know suppose, who you are, yeah. But they're there for Conzies, correct? They're there for Conzies, and the first thing I did was I called him a son of a bitch, and then I was like, maybe that wasn't the right choice because they maybe they don't know who I am, right? They don't that know you're our friends, or yeah. that we're friends. Uh, and it, it was good. It was definitely good. I enjoyed it very very much, and it came together really well. I actually watched it, which I never do, and I was like, oh, this is great. But I noticed that when you get those weekly UCB shows or if you have your TV show where you're taping, you know, two, three times a week, yeah. uh, you get spoiled. You get, you get into that place where you're like, I like it. I don't think there's anything wrong with creating your, your safe little niche and then occasionally going out onto other people's shows or uh, yeah. other, other, like you're saying, the UCB NY and proving it, rem- remembering that you can prove there's it. A, I wonder if it's a muscle or I, th- I think a lot of what we do, not in an egotistical way, a lot of what we do has to do with confidence. If you have confidence in yourself – yeah. Like when I started doing improv, I was so scared of failing or ruining the scene and I would never take chances. Mm-hmm. And then after a, a while and after a class by Ian Roberts really helped, you like, you learn how easy, like stop fucking worrying and stuff like that. But like with acting, mm-hmm. if I'm acting in House of Lies and I have a day or two to shoot a movie, I am so much more comfortable because I've been filming every day with Kristen Bell and Don Cheadle and these great guest stars. I'm so much more comfortable and I'm, I feel like so easy and my muscles memorize things quicker. Or like a good example is I hope hosted the show called Attack of the Show for a week to, mm-hmm. to put myself in. I know you're doing a, a bigger show, but that. No, 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 no. And then I was a guest on a different show like two days later, and I was so comfortable like because it's like I just hosted it, and you realize like you just realize what it is, mm-hmm. and you're so comfortable. And mm-hmm. then like if you go a while, and then you're a guest on, you know, like Leno after not doing anything for yes. a month. Yes. It's, and by the way, you can relate that to dating. If you don't go on a date for a long time, and the then you next go back time you go on a date, date – it's <laughs> there's a lot of you put pressure on yourself. That's right. That's fucking yeah. But right. if you went on a date two days ago and you're going on a date with someone else yep. four days later, it's yep. like cake. And you you're in such a better you know word. how to you're lubricated. But confidence is not an egotistical way, not not like narcissistic. Just like I could do this. I know yeah. what this is. And then there are the things we do that feed our confidence. It's funny when. Oh, my, tell me. Give me an example. When of my that. show is coming back. 
Kumail has this great quote. He goes, stand-up comedy is the only art form. And I think this probably goes for improv as well. Uh, so, but he says, stand-up comedy is the only art form where you forget how to do it after two weeks, which is great. If you don't do it for two weeks, That's you'll come back and it'll be like a – not a first time. But for me, the phenomenon of coming back after not doing it for a while is you start seeing the words coming out of your mouth. You realize that you're just kind of – it's not as right. It's not as fluid. You're, you could you could feel yourself doing stand up. You can feel yourself doing stand up. You're kind of outside of your body. Instead of connecting and merging with the audience and becoming one thing, audience and performer becoming this thing that we call a show. You're a man saying words. Yeah, which is what most stand up comedy is, and what a lot of imp- bad improv can be as well. I agree. I, I will that say merging this: merging takes the takes the practice. There's a for improv a problem that I had at the beginning. I was so addicted to it. I loved it so much. So I was taking classes. I was interning. I was paging at Letterman and. My whole life was comedy and improv, and, and I was the happiest boy in the world. Yeah. And then I found my improv scenes being so repetitive, and so I could not, I could not break these, these like circles, and I couldn't think of new things. And then one of my teachers was like Christina Gaussis. I took a class with her, a uh, teacher in New York, and she said, uh, "Tell me what your week was." I told her what week was. She goes, "You have to." Take a couple days off. You have nothing to improvise off of. Yep. You have to have real experiences. You have to go to the zoo. You and have to do things, I man. I can't believe this is one of the big pillars of this show when it comes to comedy. The messages are you have to live a, a life worth commenting on. That's, exa- that's a that's great sentence. Thing. That's a great sentence. You know who said that? Pete Holmes. This guy. <laughs> Pete Holmes from Bill Burr. <laughs> I knew that was obnoxious. I just wanted to do it. <laughs> By the way, no, he used two thumbs when he said, "You know, who yeah, said this guy that, uh, two thumbs right to himself." That's why they were like, "This has to be a TV show." We got do what's people, he doing with his thumbs? Do people not look at you when they're doing this podcast, or they always make eye contact? with You're you? doing great eye contact. No, I. But I'm saying, for, I knew you weren't fishing for a comp. No, I'm saying because Mark, in my head, I know people that you know can't look in the eyes, or if you're not, oh, if I wasn't yeah. friendly with you enough, I'd probably have trouble yeah. staring at you the whole time. Well, uh, Did people Mark, look down. Mark Norman talked about how he couldn't look me in the eye when he when we were doing it, and I was like, just look between my eyes. I was oh, like trying to give him trying to give him tips so I could at least feel. But your your body is also turned towards me and very open. Yes, and that's a big thing. I wonder because you've done this so many know. times how people present themselves to you when they're doing this. Yeah. It's also personal information and real stuff. Well, that's why I have people sit on the corner. Oh, I want to be. I want to have as so little close. in between us as, as possible. If you were there, I wouldn't like it. That's great. Too much. Can you tell me your Matt Damon story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did we nail there Were we done with that other one? The other time, the only thing I was going to tell you is that my taping was coming back. I was coming back to perform. Uh, How many episodes did you get? We have taped three, six, nine, twelve episodes already. I was supposed to be in one of the one of the whatevers, and then the dates couldn't work out for some reason. Oh no! But I'm going to be in the March one. It's going to be great. Um, and how many additional? Do you have a? Do you get to run for a bit? Yeah, we're doing 52 or something. Oh, my God. Yeah, and we're taping them all very quickly. Are you excited? Thrilled. Thrilled. It's the happiest. Would you want to do this for the rest of your life? Yes. Really? Absolutely. Unbelievable. You you asked me what I am missing. Like, do I not get to do stand-up or acting? It's like, no. You get to do everything right here. I get to do everything. And you get to do it on your own terms. uh, Come on. I almost don't want to look at the sun. You know what I mean? Like, It's like too, too precious to me to look at. Now, do you have a goal? Like, everybody was saying, you know, like, Conan always wanted to do Tonight Show, he said, mm. right? I don't yeah. know if that was a goal, but that was, you know, when he got it, he talked about how it was a dream of his. Yeah. Um, do you have a goal to essentially go from this to something else to the Tonight Show? My goal is to, is to surf on this until the eventual uh, evolution of television into whatever the next thing is going to be. Oh, wow. You and what, I mean? and, and, 
the the thing. But where your goal is so like, do you hold? Because I know TBS, it's kind of like a. You know when people say like you go from late night to Tonight Show, like because yeah. it's NBC to NBC. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you see? Do you see because you're on a TBS path? Do you see yourself taking over for Conan's time slot? Or? I mean, you'd be silly not to consider it, I suppose. Right. You know, like, why would Conan? I've actually considered it from Conan's perspective. Why would he? Has want he talked someone? about that with you at all? Never. Okay. And it's not. I could. We could. I would be like, did you give me this job so you could like? Think of me as the guy that would take over. Right. You have to, I, I'm just speculating right now. I have to imagine that would be a relief. It wouldn't be like if I leave, everything just goes away. But if I leave the legacy, You're being groomed, that, that right slot, right yeah. to take over this slot that you have, and then essentially. But our show, at this I always th- wonder about that though, because in the episode I heard with Aziz, you talked about planning ahead, and I wonder what? if you, <laughs> I wonder if you plan ahead in that case where like I want to do the my goal is to fucking do the tonight or my bucket list is to do the tonight show is that yeah. a dream of yours or no my goal when I was in college was to do Conan by the time I was on thir- by the time I to was to do stand up on Conan or stand up on Conan by the time I was 30 did you do it I was 31 ah give it to yourself I said give I it to sa- yourself I said uh, my divorce took about a year and it threw me off track uh, my three bucket list items are voice on the Simpsons oh um, Come on, we can make that happen. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I've been to a bunch of table reads just because I love The Sims so much. And then um, uh, to be a guest on Letterman, which is the only talk show outside of. Oh, no, I haven't done Fallon yet, but I did Leno. I did, uh, it's one of the. Because I used to write for yeah. Freelance. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that, that'll be a big moment for me. That'll be a, a complete That's circle improv you do. type thing. You got to do that. I know, but I don't have a publicist. I never got a publicist. And then uh, the third one is to, the big dream is to host SNL one day. That's all. That's the biggest one. Those are all going to happen. Well, the third one doesn't seem like a real dream, but the first two seem like no, maybe the, the next third one years. is definitely oh, going to happen. I, I don't know, Benny. But, you're one of the most. Everyone knows. Everyone no, knows. No, but think about everybody else everyone doing the same knows. exact thing nope, as me. No, one hundred percent, zero percent. Uh, I've been at auditions with you, and people are like, Benny! <laughs> yeah, but then I don't Benny get the role. The <laughs> Benny! Benny! <laughs> Benny! So I just want to sing it. It's a good song. You should. And the Schwartz! I guess. It's everybody. It's, it's not even everybody loves you, because fuck that. There's a lot of people that are like, everybody loves that kind of just because like, oh. you're a fun time at the parties or whatever. I'm you're, not like, a fun time people, at a party. No, neither am I. I, I we'll get back to how <laughs> I'm not fun for Matt Damon. I, uh, you, you're just, it's, it's inevitable to me. When you say that to me, and you should just own this, like just open, open the blinds a little bit more in your heart, let it just a little bit more light in, because I have full confidence. I have no reason to lie to you. That all three of those are completely, utterly doable. If you want to sit there and be like, I want to do a remake of Star Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? You do a great Ben Schwartz <laughs> you, do a, you do a spot on Ben Schwartz. <laughs> what I want to do is... <laughs> I want to remake Star Wars. What is in black and white, no sound. I would tell you, no good. No good! You're going to do all three. I, um, I said it here first. That, those are the thi- the things that. I, and by the way, and my life would. It's not like my life would not be complete if I didn't do those things. All the but more reason you're going to get these things. Those, the people that are going around like 32. I'm on Lemon. <laughs> 33. I'm hosting SNL. Oh, I can't give a. I can't give no. a. Because if you do that with life, also imagine. If, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, I want to have a kid when I'm this age. I want. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. That stuff. It's so you put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah, of course you do. Like when I was young, and I I threw it to 30. How old are you now? I'm 34. I'm going to be 35 still fucking young. in 30 days. 35. Imagine if you're doing your show for 10 years. I know, and I'll be 45. I, I, I wouldn't be happier. Going back to goals, the goal is to keep doing the show. And that's what Conan says every to time. To stay I, on the air. Every time. They just keep doing it. That's all I want to do. That's great. That's and all, have fun. And have my staff be happy. I, I, I've been How many a, riders do you have? we got six. I've been in like a real gifting. Like I get them like funny little gifts. Do you really? Stuff. Yeah. Do just, you get paid a lot of money trying, to be a host? Not as much. 
between you and I, well, the whole and everyone listening. Oh, is that? I, I don't know how. I don't. No, no, I know no, you're no. so free I, on the podcast. I love it. Don't I, talk about money because I I would never. So don't feel like you have to at all. So don't. Then, it's uh, not that I, I would never be specific. I don't think that's professional. Great. I, I don't mind. I was gonna say I never do. So I don't know why I just asked you. I would no, never answer that question. I, I, but I, I always wondered, like, because I know Letterman gets a ton. See, I asked Dave Coulier what he made on Full House. Oh, I bet he made so much money. But see, that's fun because Full House is done. You yeah, know what I mean? did he tell you? He he was like it was actually one of my favorite moments on the whole podcast and that was the third episode. How is he as a human? He's great. I love him. Good. He's really cool. Uh, he was like um, he uh, he was just like uh, yeah you know sometimes I do interviews where people ask me what I pulled down on Full House and I go oh man what did you pull down on Full House <laughs> but that was back before I had the confidence to do that sort of stuff. And, and just, what did he say? Okay. He laughed. He didn't. He answer. didn't say. And I'm not going to tell you. That's when there was so much money in TV. It was of insane. course. And things are different now. It, it's it's I'm. Let's put it this way. I'm completely very, very content. Uh, I, I like being simple in the way that you are. I feel that materialism is a, is a real plague. Right. You know what I mean? I spend money on food, and I'll spend money on like with my family and stuff like that. There you go. Maybe uh, a vacation. Maybe a vac- I don't ever. Yeah, I used those... to never take vacations. Now I took like one for two there days the other go. day. Yeah. Really? Where? Um, you don't have to say if it's like your secret place. No, it wasn't a secret place. I went to a relaxing place. Who? What was it? It was a uh, um, uh, Manicito. Okay. Yeah. See, this is what's interesting, okay? Is uh, going back to Rob Bell, who, by the way, Chris. By the way, you, we have so many. Write down the other thing that we. What's that? Your Matt Damon thing. Yeah, The Damon's thing you were just there. about to say that I fucking. We, we tangent. We get excited that we're around each other too much. I know, much. but we never really get the. We never really get the. Shit, c- what were we just talking about? And then I took you to. I'm so sorry for taking no, you somewhere. Okay. Oh, how much money you made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. good. Don't try to. <laughs> what I'm saying is. The money is good. It's not. It's never what people think. Here, I'll give it. I'll put it in this term. I've told this story before. People, this guy. Do you get paid per episode? It's about per week, so it's not per a episode. weekly rate. It's a weekly rate, which means uh, for those listening, uh, as an actor, then as a writer, or one for everything. There's a there's a host fee, and there's is that a, true? There's something called a host fee. Yeah, awesome. One of the things is this is what you were given as the host, and this is what you were given as a writer. So you get two separate checks. It, yeah, it comes and in you're a producer separate. probably. Yeah, it comes in as it, it. I think comes in writer, producer, and host. Got it. And it, it's it's this it's. This is probably boring other people. Sorry, it's I, interesting to me. No, I think people like like hearing this sort of stuff. What was I just gonna say? I, oh, when I was doing uh, E Trade, the E Trade baby. Oh, people, you must have made people, so much money. But see, the thing is, people always think it's way more than it is. How many commercials do you do? How many? <laughs> I'll tell you how much you made. <laughs> voiceover man, do you do a lot of voiceover now? I try to. I like doing voiceover a lot. We yeah. we were almost on a uh, cartoon together. We oh still my god! What happened out. to that? Yeah, working. Oh, By the way, was it, you couldn't do that. it now. You don't have enough time to do it now. You can't do. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. You can't I would do, do it in the morning. You can't do a movie for four months. You no. can't do any. You can't no. do any of those things. No. Now. No. I'm on a cartoon show called Randy Cunningham Ninth Grade Ninja, and it's on Disney uh, XD. That's great. And I've done. 80 episodes of it? No way. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what you made. It ru- no. By the way, I no problem telling you that I make I made scale for the first season. It was nothing. I made nothing. It's been, there's not a lot of money in... I mean, I'm sorry. Nothing, you know, compared to what I... I'm yeah, well, sorry. Well, no, no, no. Nothing no. compared to TV, what, t, what you think TV people make. No, and by the way, in the real world, I, I, it's I don't, you don't even more money than you... You don't even well, have to for say me, uh, I, you know, I made zero dollars for so long. I know. The people listening understand that you mean... But in when this, you hear In the same way episodes, you said the E-Trade, baby, you're like, I didn't right. make anything like that. Right. But I, the joy is that that's a cartoon show. I was addicted to cartoon shows. And, yeah. and the fact that some kid yeah. listens to my voice. Or by the way, some adults really love it. And like I'll see on Tumblr and I'll, I'll look for those yeah. guys. You know, I love that stuff. So um, Love the tumble unity. Yes. Community. But there's but you don't do it for 
Uh, you don't do it to become well, that's a millionaire. Well, that's not. That you will not ever become that. What I was going to say, money is not that interesting to me. Here's what's interesting to me: an excuse to sit down with you, mm. wonderful talent, uh, and and then have this grow our friendship. Even you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not trying to pitch some sort of brunch tomorrow. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> take Rob, Robbie B, Rob Bell. So he does the podcast, and now I'm. I, we've talked about this a lot. We're friends. We go surfing and stuff. That's what I want. I want to plug into like real things. I How don't much to... time do you have to re- do real things? You're filming the every on the weekends. You go on the weekends. You don't write on the weekends. So we, you... we sometimes shoot on the weekends, or we'll be traveling on the weekends. So you don't do it on those weekends. Right. Then the other weekends, you go. You get up and you, you go surfing. It's great. It's fantastic. Do you go surfing? Yeah, I fall around a lot. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you look like you could do it. Um, I have a, a crappy left knee, but is it, would I need a really strong knees or no? I think you. Uh, that might be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try. I oh, would Katie love to surfs. try. Is that a problem? I and you can do it? She, yeah, Man, Katie actually I'm scared her. of doing that. Is yeah. that. Am I just a pussy? That's No. I'm scared. No. I'll do it. One of the guys, one of the stuntmen did the, you know that Gerard, was it Gerard Butler or some movie that just came out with like the poster is the biggest wave in the universe and a guy's surfing on top of it? That's out now? No, it was out like a year oh, ago. Oh, you know oh. what it is? Oh, that was Gerard Butler. Okay, so yeah. that guy, the guy who taught Gerard Butler how to surf was the stunt guy for House of Lies. Uh-huh. And, uh, I'm, you know, I, I love all those guys in the crew, so we became close and uh, we became friends and he's like, anytime you want to come out, I'll teach you how to surf. And I'm like, well, I mean, how do I say no to this gentleman yeah, yeah, who, yeah. Can, like you know, uh, he, he's probably one of the best surfers. Whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta say yes. So yeah. like, that's how I'll do it. Do it. I gotta. I gotta. But that's the thing. Is it I, relaxing? Are you nervous? Oh, it's the best. Let's not even talk about okay, it. It'll no, be a no, whole no, another no, topic. No. But okay, it okay, is okay, the okay. best. And now I try and get other people from the podcast to go, including you. Now, so anyway, uh, Maddie, Maddie D, money, money's not. It's people, it's experiences, and if we're really cutting down to it, and not being afraid of how we sound, it's love. I'm interested in love. I'm interested yeah. in having places to put my love and, and opening up more space to receive love and then learning that's how very to receive adult. it. I know. But I'm try- that's what gets me off. It's not having an Xbox One. You know, I, no, right. they, I, have, right. an, I have an Xbox One. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm saying... Uh, I have millions of dollars. I have an Xbox uh, One. <laughs> no. Yeah, this that is, is not what I mean. It's just like, there's, I think there's the... Uh, you can be really into the dough or the yes. job... The job and you know, you know, my agents and managers probably want me to make more money. Uh, this isn't the oh, I have best a thing great thing to tell you. Uh, it is I the best lo- thing to say. Love, you should say that. I love the job. I love the job. I love the job. I love the job. Right. There's so many times that I was like, oh, I'll do this for free, and then my agents and managers are like, shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'll I'll say this, and There's- I will say this is a big cheese too. Tell me, the big cheese. I never knew when I was a writer or an actor or anything on a show, the people running the show are a little bit afraid you're going to leave. It's crazy. Really? You think? Oh, by the way, if oh, you leave, the show's you, over. Thank you so much. If I leave, the show's over. Yeah. Yeah. But you, but I'm I'm talking about me as the boss. My writers or something that are so valuable to me. When I was a writer, I was like, I'm so lucky to have the job. They they want you. You know what I mean? They need people that can do the job, they and they're afraid you're, you're gonna. Your and they're afraid you're gonna leave probably a little bit. That's interesting. That's a real human thing. Can you do you alleviate that fear, or is it a matter of you, there's you can't even alleviate that fear? You can't fully. We unfortunately we we it's live like in every a, job. You always think you're gonna get fi- everybody. Well, it's not even fired in this ta- in this town. Uh, Conan's always talking about like interns coming back and they and they disappear, and he's like, "Where's that intern?" And he's like, "They got a show," you know. Yeah. What I mean? And that happens. 
Like I, I was an extra on Conan like four times. And then you, I now, played a robot like, a bunch of times. I was a page at Letterman. Yeah, and now you have for 13 shows. Year, for year. But now things seem like time, you know, we're, we're, we're spiraling down and we're getting closer and closer to ourselves and uh, time is speeding up and now things happen faster. I'm just kidding. But like, this, is a, this is a good thing I talked about with uh, Paul F. Tompkins, who I'm sure you're very friendly PFT. with. He uh, has a show called Speakeasy. We talked about it and it was very interesting to me. I, I would love to bring it up now mm. and uh, I'll preface it by saying this. I feel, oh, this is a great quote Gary Shandling once said, right? Shandling, Shandling said, that um, your managers and agents will never be the ones to tell you you're doing too much. They'll never be the ones to tell you you're doing too much. They'll always, you know, their jobs are to try to get you whatever, but you have to be the one. This is when I got, you know, like I got strep pneumonia and all that shit. And uh, um, um, I'm friendly with Gary and he, he saw that I was getting really tired and stuff. And he's like, you have to be the one to know that you're doing too much stuff. Mm. So this is something, especially for someone who's going to work every day for the next how many, you have no idea how long, you know, it could last forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you have to know when you're doing too much stuff, you're saying yes to too much stuff and you have to be able to take it back a bit and whatever. Like I was, I was acting on a show called Undercovers, which was 18 hour days and I was writing a movie for Universal. So I, on my breaks, I was writing and I just was so, tired all the time and um so then i talked to uh paul f Tompkins without saying that preface but i think it's good for this type of podcast um because i find gary to be a buddha he's like you know he's genius the shant he's amazing mm. so um i said that it's hard to when you tell me what you think it's in this city everybody push the city if you don't make up your own oh, bill watterson has a great quote about this and i wish i could find it uh, maybe we can Google it, but I don't know. I'm sorry, Katie. But uh, but um, there's a great Bill Watterson quote who created Calvin and Hobbes and is one of my idols. So, But um, the whole idea is that this city teaches you that you have to want more and bigger. You're never, you shouldn't be content with what you have. You've you got to want to be Brad Pitt. You have to be the biggest celebrity you can be. you got to make the most money you can make. And that's what, you're, that's what people will push you to do. That's what your agents and managers will push you to do. You know what I mean? And that's just like what people think when they come here. And mm. it's what Hollywood kind of pushes on you. Paul was saying there's, there's such a huge thing when you realize you're content and happy. And yes, you could be making more money. We were talking about it. Yes, you can be making more money, stuff like that. But the idea of the second you're like, this is, this is what I need. This is all, you know, this is like, I got, I got what I need. And you don't put pressure because there's going to be someone always that's doing something better. Like if mm. I look at like um, Jonah Hill is gets to act with Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. If I compare myself to him, I'm a failure. I'm an utter, utter failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, on the reverse, if I compare myself to someone who's trying to crack the comedy field and can't do it, can't get on a Harold team or something like that, then I would look like a, a huge success or whatever. You have mm. to – it's very hard to do because it's a lot of ego gets – it's a lot of ego. It's like – how do you find when when you've reached your happiness? How do you find where you're content and you don't need to keep pushing? Like, how much money do you have to make? How much whatever? Um, and I think it's a really smart conversation. I want to bring it up to you because I was very interested to see what you had to say on that. Is there, like, a level where you're like, okay, I'm good? Or, like, that's what I was asking. Do you want to do The Tonight Show? Yeah. Or if you did this show for the rest of your life and you made, let's say you made enough money to get by and be comfortable, but you didn't have, like, you know, you weren't driving like expensive, expensive cars. You, A7. Yeah. Like, it, it, what's the level that you strive to hit or, or, and stuff like that? Don't you feel like the city pushes you to try to want everything in the universe? I hear what you're saying. I, you're just talking to me. I'm in a very satisfied place. Right. You're in a per- you literally yeah. have, like, how many people in the world have ever had the job that you have? Yeah. There's literally, you can count them. It's so small. It's very, very few. And I'm I'm glad that it's working because some some people in the sense that you get like you know I give you a piece of birthday cake and it just makes your mouth dry you know what I mean You're right like, but it's what I wanted and you don't even like it I'm glad to say that I'm enjoying it right. it is exhausting but here we are on a, on a Saturday the weekend right and I and I'm enjoying it a, rainy day a lot. you can hear the rain up top 
you might talk to me in a couple weeks and maybe I'll, I'll be freaking out. But like, I, I right now, what a great thing to, is just like just sustain. You know what I mean? It's like falling in love. It's just like all you want to do is keep the girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just, pretty great. Just keep this one. I would love to have a conversation with you in five years and see if you still have that point of view. That'd be so amazing. Ah, uh, wouldn't that be great? Oh, it'd be you would be in heaven. Dude. Yeah. You would. That would be. I mean, that's the dream. Yeah, that is the dream. It is interesting that you can always compare yourself, but that's the other thing that comes up. It's on a the show scary a lot, thing. You can't compare. It's no, all that's relative. I man, if I could tell, say anything outside of go out there and try, fail, try to find your voice. Don't yeah. be afraid of failing. Um, if you comparing yourself to people is just it fills you with jealousy and stuff like that. You have to be strong enough to be like, all right, you know, like this person just got that huge role. This person's going to be in, you know, the next whatever huge movie that you would yeah. love to be in. Yeah, uh, you can have a second to be like, oh shucks, but do not make it more than a se- you know a minute or so. Right, like that's when people are like, oh, I feel I feel angry or I feel like I'm sad that I didn't get that. I always say like, listen, you're allowed to be sad. You totally allow yourself to be sad. And then, you know, then take a minute and be like, okay, on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. You can't, but because you could be so jealous because there's always someone better than you. Yeah. Always. And I, there's something about the flow of that, too. Like, it's interesting. One of the things I like about doing a daily show like this is that there's just a flow. It's, it's clean Yeah, water. you get in a nice rhythm. You're always moving forward and you get in a rhythm. And that is one of the keys to happiness, according to the movie Happy, which I reference a lot, is, is flow. I've is never you, seen that movie. It's a great documentary. It's on Netflix now. Uh, <laughs> streaming. If you, streaming, flow. Streaming, flow. Is the idea that uh, you want to be doing something. Something that you're always thinking about, like the next thing. That's not to say I do kick my feet up on an ottoman that I don't have and sip brandy that I don't own. And you know what I mean? This right. never happened. But I do have rocking chair moments where I go, remember that thing and remember that great guest and remember this. And I love photographs now. I love looking at things. Oh, I love really? Watching old sketches. It's like I've been doing the show for so long. It's not just that. It's just like I'm in this place where uh, friends of mine will text me lines from the show, but it was so long ago that I'll, I'm, I'm typing back, what's that? A lot. Or like, I'm so sorry. Are you? Is yeah, this a you've reference? changed, dude. You're such an egotistical nah. asshole. Oh, what's that? Oh, from my show? That's from my show. Nah, <laughs> that's not what I meant. But I you're know, right. I know, I know. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the reason I brought it up wasn't to sound like a big shot or to be or to sound like a, a bit of a turd. No, I know. Moment. I'm kidding. It's to say that it's nice to go like next thing, and and you can do that with negative things too. And don't get me wrong, there are negative things happening all the time. You blew that interview. That monologue. Yeah. Was no good. There's there's pain everywhere. Every day has pain. Right. Even though I'm so so happy, you still sometimes wake up and you're like, oh, what's going on? Or you're having little existential moments and crises and pain and hurt and losing touch with loved ones or or can't connect with uh, your family in this way or that way. There's pain everywhere. So you're leaving the pain and the good behind. You're you're just you're like on a speedboat and you're just kind of coasting forward. And the people that I see that are very happy are the ones that keep moving. You know what I mean? That's that's a this is a put your head down, do good work, and see what happens. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that's the that's I this is the, my only rabbinical teaching, but it's the, the they asked the rabbi, and I've said the story many times, but I have to hear it too. People that are like, I've heard the story, I'm also hearing it with you right now. <laughs> it's worth repeating. There's the rabbi, uh, the rabbi, I'm hearing it for the first time. There's two men on two ladders, one is on the 15th rung, and the other one's on the first rung or the third rung, let's say. Who's better? And the rabbi says, Who's still moving? That's Ooh. great, like who's still going up. That's the right answer. I love so old rabbi speedboat. Yeah, me too. Do you want to hear a great, so I was an anthro and uh, psychology major, so we, we heard a bunch of these. Is, was there a quote or I'm an idiot? Oh, my God. It's the really? Jonah, it's the Jonah Ray one? Is it the one about just like you're considered a flake if you, if you just want to? 
Oh, here, dude. Yes, God, you're very good. Thank you so much, Katie. I mean, what a beautiful moment that I can quote Bill Waterson on anything. Is this really nerdy and weird? It's been done before, I believe. Oh, then I mean, then I'm just a, then I'm. I mean, no. Like, okay, so there, this is a quote by Bill Waterson, the guy who created Calvin Hobbes. And the most amazing thing about this guy is that he never sold out. He never let his characters be anywhere that he didn't want them to be. Yeah. No T-shirts. No toys. No. All those anything. Calvin's pissing on Chevys are illegal. all fake. Yeah. All fake. And uh, his work was one of the most. When I was a kid, it's all I read. It's all I read, and I never read books. But anytime I was in the Bronx, we were PS24, anytime you're allowed to order books on like mm-hmm. the scholastic thing, mm-hmm. everybody was ordering these whatever. And every time I would order the new Calvin Hobbes one, and it was the biggest joy to me. Mm. And it was like the way that I felt. It's a huge quote, so I'll just do it as quick no, as possible. No, read the whole thing. Um, Take okay. your time. It starts like this. Selling out, is more, selling out is usually more a matter of buying in. Sell out, and you're really buying into someone else's system of values, rules, and rewards. And this is the greatest one. Creating a life that reflects your values and satisfies your soul is a rare achievement. In a culture that relentlessly promotes avarice and excess as the good life, a person happy doing his own work is usually considered an eccentric, if not a subversive. Ambition is only understood if it's to rise to the top of some imaginary ladder of success. Boom. Someone who takes an uh, undemanding job because it affords him the time to pursue other interests and activities is considered a flake. A person who abandons a career in order to stay home and raise children is considered not to be living up to his potential, as if a job title and salary are the sole measure of human worth. You'll be told in a hundred ways, some subtle and some not, to keep climbing and never be satisfied with where you are, who you are, and what you're doing. There are a million ways to sell yourself out, and I guarantee you'll hear about all of them. Uh, about them, sorry. To invent your own life's meaning is not easy, but it's still allowed, and I think you'll be happier for the trouble. Boom. How amazing is that? It's real good. I felt like uh, when you have to like read... Thank you so much, Katie. Sorry to make you bring it over. Uh, I felt like uh, when you have to like in shul or something when you have to read the like Torah like and da 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 no it was great but that is now sing it but it is something that it's very interesting because you'll never be no it's right how are we defining success and that's exactly it that that quote does trouble me a little bit but in the sense that tell me why we're both putting ourselves out there and trying to let an audience and let an industry adopt. But it's what you love, he's saying. But it is what I love. It, I mean, and it, that's where if I you're following your passion, if you're following what you really love and you want to do it, man, I mean, how lucky are you? Yeah. I have so many friends that aren't passionate about their jobs. And this is what I think also. A lot of those people got married. Um, they're, I'm not married. They got married um, earlier than me. Almost all my college friends are married. Mm. And I think it's because the passion that they had towards their job, they don't really have a huge passion towards it. They put in other elements of their life. So they really want to find someone. Well, that's to why I always have with. to be like, oh, the show's like my child, or the show is like my yeah. wife, or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean, I don't have a wife or a child. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they 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 put their passion into. They really want to find someone. They they put a lot of effort and time. Yeah, uh, and and you know that and that stuff. I love it, Matt Damon. <laughs> Tell me your Matt Damon story. I, I, I can't remember. Did we did we say? No, you haven't said what happened. No, I know. Did we satiate that topic though? The one we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just read a like twenty minute quote. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had no idea it was that long. No, I love it. In fact, there there is a Zen pencils illustration of that quote. Really? That what is, is Zen pencils? It's a website that oh. is worth uh, buying a print of. Really? And hanging up in your home. Oh my god, I would love to. And it's drawn in the Bill Watterson style. Oh, oh yes, and it's a it's a guy playing with his kids. Yeah. Yes, I've seen it. You gotta get it. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. That was off a speech you did, I think. Um, was it really? He, by the way, wrote, made his. Ugh, this is the last time we'll talk about this. this is, he made a new original drawing for like the first time. I saw it. All right, yeah. For the stripped. Yes, for like the cover of yeah. The cover of it was the like movie I jumping stripped. out don't, of it. Don't, 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 don't. 
Everybody's doing it up all the time with the Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes! What? Why did we both sing Pete Holmes like that? I do love a good sing song. What the fuck? I do love a big sing song. What happened? A bit of a sing song. Have you seen extras? <laughs> yes, I have. I don't remember that. Though. Ricky Gervais is going into his agent, Stephen Merchant. He was at the party last night. Oh, he, he's yeah. a genius. Oh, he's great. Want to get him on the show. Do and, it. Uh, him and... I was trying to get him to do Snow Pants, my improv show. Oh, really? Yeah, he said he would do it. We'll see if it happens. Yeah, cheers. Uh, they are singing instead of listening to Ricky. And he goes, what are you doing? And he goes, we're having a bit of a sing song. <laughs> <laughs> so good. What's your uh, Matt Damon story? Okay, Matt Damon. Play it through. So this is the rehearsed thing that you had rehearsed. Oh, I'm yeah, gonna be, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah, do what yeah, I think yeah, he did, yeah, and then you tell me exactly yeah, what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so you're him. Here we go. Me, and I realize his wife is just handing him his her He's purse. next to Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck is is occupied, but next Great, to Great, so he's by himself with nobody to talk to. Kind of. Beverage in hand? Yes. Okay. He could have easily... He started talking to someone else, and I realized that's as good as it gets. Yep. You got to go in there. So I went in there, and I tapped him on the shoulder, and I go, uh, Matt, sorry, sorry to disturb you. I'm uh, going to be Matt. Okay, Do it for yeah, real. Yeah. Do it for real. Matt, hey, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm, I'm Pete Holmes. I don't know if you remember. We did that water.org video together. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, thank you for doing that. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. It's, it's, uh, it's nice to see you again. <clears throat> we... We we actually made it. This is what you rehearsed that you were going to cough like that. No, do what you rehearsed. I realized that I didn't have a good second thing. Oh no! By the way, on the live when it happened, you realized you had nothing else. I realized that once I was there, I was just robbing him of of his time. Oh god! I was like, yeah, that was was great. That moment of you don't want to talk to me. I know know you don't want to. I've had that moment before. I should have just walked away. I should have just said. What'd you say? Okay, now go through what really happened. I went like, uh, I actually. Did he say he knew what you were talking about? He's like, yeah, yeah." he did. He was like, I remember that. We we acted a little bit together. Like we had to do multiple scenes where we were looking at each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was stupid. I'm sure he doesn't really remember, but I believed him when he was like, "Okay, I I kind of remember." Then I was like, "We actually we do a late night show, and we made that's embarrassing, and we made this parody called Goodwill Batman." I was just wondering if you saw it, and he was like, "And what was weird was, and Matt Damon's the, the best." I'm not trying to shit on it at all. He kind of said like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I think I think I did see that." You know what I mean? Just almost like, "What are we going to stand around and wonder if we saw it?" So he just kind of jumped to, "Yeah, I think I did instead see of saying that. like, "Oh, I didn't see that." Here's the DVD of it. Yeah, I'd really yeah, like yeah, you to yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I we just made some small talk about Boston. I was like, "Ugh, God, this is really killing me." And you, how did you story. get out? How did you get out? Someone came up to him. It was like it was probably like a minute. You know, we were talking yeah. that just felt really long to me. Someone came up and tapped him and, or, you know, just like came over and he was like, ah. And then Oren came back from the bathroom. I introduced him to Oren and then we both just walked away. But what, here's what I should have done. Matt, I'm so sorry to bother you. We actually did that video a little while oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Thewater.org. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Huge fan. Just so nice to see you. Uh, just wanted to say hi. Cool. Hey, didn't you do that Goodwill Hunting Batman thing? And I- I 
I went low. You did it for the sake of the bit. <laughs> God, your commitment to that song made me the happy. I'm, how hard did I just laugh? I just laughed so hard. <laughs> you laughed so good. God, that was so funny. <laughs> Shit. Because I couldn't tell if you were like yelling or singing. It took me like five minutes. And then when I realized what was happening, it was pure joy. I was like, oh, was he just going, ah, or was he like really singing? <laughs> That's what people thought of Dolly Parton when she first wrote that song. Yeah. It was like, oh my God, is she yelling or singing? <laughs> I know people think that. I wonder what it is. I know we were doing the Whitney version. Yeah, that was, we were. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, that was that was a great moment. Oh God! I mean, that, what, that you, moment, if even, that happened, even in the role play. Oh, I thought you were doing that in the bit. I thought like if that really happened, that's how. You oh, that respond. is that's how I would have felt. Good, how good. I would have responded. That's what I was. You got it. But when you even just did that for pretenses, it was like cathartic and cleansing. It like there was felt a, really good. Thank oh, you for that. Of course, <laughs> there was one. Very rarely does this happen, but um. Many times I'm not very uh, – let me say this. This part happens all the time where I'm too nervous to talk to somebody. I will never go up. And it happens when I, you know, when I was you know, dating people. I'd be too nervous to talk to girls or whatever. And it happens yeah. with celebrities also. I would never have the balls to go up to someone. Um, but this happened twice where I went to – I saw some – John Legend was at a Showtime party because he was producing. And I'm on a Showtime show. And I love r and I love it. And mm. I think he's amazing. I have – Two of his albums before I ever was introduced to him, and uh, someone goes, "Oh my god, that's John Legend!" Uh, and I go, "Yeah." He goes, uh, and I go, "Oh, I'm such a fan." He's go, "Go say hello to him." I go, "No way! Why the fuck would he want to say hello to me?" Mm. Like, and by the way, that happens all the time. I'm like, "When well, there's no, well, there's no, I'm just wasting his time." Exactly what you're saying. And then they go, "I know him. Do you want to meet him?" I go, "I'd be a little bit too embarrassed." Thank you though. And they go, "Okay." So I missed an opportunity there. Because mm-hmm. by the way, I've had that before where someone's like, "You got to meet, you got to meet this person, man." And I was like, oh, "Okay." And then you're just waiting, and they go, "Hey, this is Ben. He's a, the hovering is the he's worst. a funny dude." And then you shake his hand, and that's it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And but that's why like, the key of these things is the quick out. Yeah, it's true. Cut two. So, so I'm An walking hour. by. Oh yeah, John Legend and uh, his wife, his then fiance, but his wife now is uh, uh, Chrissy, and she's they're both amazing. And so. I'm walking by. I see them, and uh, and I don't think about it. He performs for everybody, which mm-hmm, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm walking, and all I hear is John Ralphio. And I turn around, and it's a character I play on Parks and Rec. This guy uh, named John Ralphio. And I turn around, and um, John Legend and his girlfriend are yelling John Ralphio at me. And I'm like, "Are you?" They go, and they're laughing, and I'm like, uh, and they're like, "Oh, we're such big fans." I was like, "I was too nervous." To say hello to you. Like, I wanted to say hello to you this whole time, but I never, I didn't even look at you, so I think. The other time that happened was. Uh, That's amazing! It was so cool. And then we became friends. He came to a UCB show like two nights later. He was great. And then, um, and Chrissy's a genius on Twitter and Instagram. And then, uh, so I did Conan. It was, I was a, I'm a big Conan fan. So afterwards, Talib Kweli was performing, who's this amazing rapper in black. He's in Black oh, Star. Oh, I know Talib. Okay. So Talib is there. And, um, I'm a big fan of his, and so at the end, I wonder if this happens with. Do you have musical guests on your show every time or Not no? Yet. So, so like at the end of Conan shows, you know, because you've done it, you say goodbye and you just stand in front of the musical guest, and he goes, "All right, goodbye, everybody, whatever." And then like the music plays, and that moment, as someone who watched a lot of late night talk shows his whole life, you're like, "What are they fucking? Yeah, what are they doing during that?" You know what I mean? And so, what are they talking about? And like, because if you think about it, these people don't know each. I don't know Talib or the whatever. I just did this two days ago. So, so like, so um, I'm a big Talib fan, and I didn't like during the. I wanted to say hello to him, but during the goodbyes or whatever, I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't whatever. So I'm just standing there, whatever, and I go to the DJ, um, and because he was uh, the artist as well, and I shook his hand. I was like, that was awesome. And then Talib goes, Ben, I'm a huge fan of yours. And I go, and it's on like while the, and 
I literally, you can see my head exposed. Like, dude, I have Black Star. I have your solo shit. He's like, are you kidding me? I was like, no. He's like, I watch House of Lies. I watch Parks and Rec. And I was like, ah. And like, I, I wonder if the camera's on us that time because I was literally in heaven. And my dad was visiting that week because that was the day you met him. And so uh, I went back and I was like, you know that rapper I was telling you about that I thought it was amazing? He's yeah. like, yeah. I was like, he said hello to me. My dad was like, that's amazing. Oh. Um, he was so kind and polite. Oh. And that is a, by the way, that is a legend. I was that day. I was. I was there that day. That's where you met my father. But that's the that's a kind of a weird synchronicity for me, too. Is that the There's been a lot of intertwined. A lot of Venn diagrams meeting. And, and we don't would see each other often. We never talk to each never. other. Never. No, nope. never. No, we avoid each other like, like, like in the plague. the plague. Yeah, you know it's hard, hard to avoid the plague. Actually, that's true. If it's out there, you're yeah, gonna yeah, get yeah. it. Some, you know, some people, you're gonna get it. Uh, I was gonna tell you too. Please, a little bit later in the evening, see Benny Aff. How many? How many? Oh, le- oh I thought I meant later in the evening today. No, 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 no. I go up to Benny Aff, and and uh, you know, oh my God, yes. Okay, so surely he's seen these Batman things. No. Oh, but I've had more to drink. <laughs> And so I wish I went to this party. I get invited to like the TV versions. I don't get invited to. I I fucking wrote for the Oscars one year. I know you could have come. No, no, no. No, It doesn't matter. Okay, so keep going. Oh boy. No. (laughs) Don't feel weird. Who cares? So I go in and. But the idea of you drunk at a party just made me like, oh, that would have been fun. Literally, have you have a friend there? They're fun. That's well. That's why I brought Orrin. Yes. And we walked. We walked around. I'm going to one tonight. I'm going to one tonight. But it's. I'm doing one tonight. But at the same time, it's like, it wasn't like the big Willie. You know, like with I'm sure. Yeah. It'll be like a fun little thing at something. Uh, okay, so tell me. So you go up to Benny. So now I see. I've Benny never Aff. met him. I don't know what he's like. Benny Aff. I've met Benny Aff Good one guy? time. Well, I was sixteen. Oh, Goodwill Hunting had just come what out. What did you look like at sixteen? Like this, but like not right. <laughs> okay, things weren't fitting. Like your hair was too big and your limbs. Do you <laughs> like a, a Muppet? I was the same size, but I was just like, what do I do with yeah. this? Glasses? Uh, no. Braces? Uh, no. Oh, you're lucky. I got them off. Oh, okay, you then. had them. Yeah, I had them. I think I had him off by then. Anyway, so I go and I see Benny Aff and uh, <laughs> and uh, he was so gracious. So I had a story to tell him, and I would never. Did you rehearse it? I didn't rehearse. I went in freestyle. I bet this went better, and it went way better. I told you. And I met him where he was. He was talking to Serena Williams. Really, really, it's amazing. Yeah, you just said that like Zach Drucker. But those are the hilarious. Like those two people are just hanging out and talking. I know. It's like exactly what you said Hollywood. You have to understand. This is the most Hollywood party I've ever been to. That in sounds my life, very Hollywood. For sure. Oprah was there. Oh, that's so cool. Come on. I right, keep going. Keep going. So I go up to Serena and Ben Affleck. <laughs> uh, see, that's what I'm saying. Take a moment to realize what you just said. Yeah, it's great. And I interrupt Ben Affleck, who's talking to Serena Williams. I, I just. What are they talking about, by the way? Who cares? <laughs> Tennis rackets. Shut up. Fucking beat it. <laughs> so I go up and I go. Tennis rackets. Shut up. Fucking beat it, Serena. <laughs> beat, it, beat it. And I go. Uh, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I'm just, and I started right. I said I'm a huge fan. Oh no. No. Keep going. Keep going. No, I started good. I was like, I'm a huge fan. The Town is one of my favorite movies. I'm Smart. A, he directed it. Smart. I, he directed and started it. I know. And uh, and I go. Uh, uh, I, I'm a big fan of your brother as well, just kind of getting it all in the mix. And then I told him the story. I was like, I actually met you one time. I would never expect you to remember. I was having good amounts of pop-ups, like little comment, little comments like, What was Serena doing at this time? She was, you know, lay, lacing a racket over there. Did she drink alcohol? She seemed like she's in such good shape. Was she, she drinking? A, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I didn't really, I didn't really peep too you close. You didn't care about Serena but Williams. But Benny Aff was having a, having a glass. <laughs> And so was I. So me and Benny glass of I don't I don't remember. It was all it was literally. You seem blurry. like a guy that would want to know that stuff. Absolutely. See, uh, I saw Matty D eat a slider <laughs> and some fries. 
I'm more interested in what they're eating than what they're drinking. But I saw some white wine going around. I think I think they might have been drinking white wine, as was I. Oh, now I switched to brown stuff at this point. So then I go up to Benny F and uh, I tell him the story of when yep. I was 16 and how gracious he was. And he was he was really hitting it back. He was like, "Ah, oh, I'm so glad I wasn't an asshole." You know, like that's nice to hear. I was like, "I'm sorry to bother you." And he was like, "No, are you kidding me? I love it. That's so nice." You know, like he was really. Yeah. He was really hitting it back hard. Not that Damon didn't. Maybe but it he was... hated talking to Serena, and he's like, "Thank God, Pete Maybe. Holmes is here." But you know what? To be honest, like if somebody wants to come up and politely say that, yes, there's fan, a good way to do it. That's the right way to like do it. it. And then I said, "The bad way to do it is be like, want a double burger?" Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. I know you ordered. I was there. Yeah, exactly. And I so I go up and and then I, so I'm already there actually, obviously. And I go like, we made these Batman Superman parodies. Uh, I wonder if you've seen him. In fact, I didn't even say that. I, was, I just started with, I'm so excited for Batman. Did you say you have a late night show? Did you do that again? We have this late night show. I might it. have mentioned it at some point. I did. I probably said I, I host a late night show and, okay. and we did this Batman par- Superman parody. It's very popular. Maybe you'd like it. And I was just like, and it's, it's, it's all. And then I was like, then we did this thing called Goodwill Batman where we put Batman in Goodwill. Did he laugh? Yeah, he laughed, and I was like, "And I was like, it's just an homage. Those are two of my favorite things together." And it was when we made that video, we weren't making fun of Affleck at all. And, and which then, character did you, you play? Batman. I played, I played Batman doing Chuck. Chucky. Chucky is Ben Affleck's character. Yeah, got it. So I'm smoking. I'm were you on the car? Shirt. The one where you're on the did, car? We did every big scene. Really? We did every big scene. And did I you do like, a Robin Williams one or no? Yeah. Who uh, played Robin Williams? Matt? No, we used the real footage and put me. How in. is that legal? It's parody, parody law. But you're using the actual footage. Parody law. Oh my god. Don't don't narc on my show. <laughs> anyway, the point was here's what made the second one better was I went in for quick. Yep. Read him, saw that longer was good. So you went a little bit longer. I went a little bit longer, but the whole time I was trying to leave. With Damon, who was also it, was it looked my like you're about to plant yourself there. I planted and then I realized we were making small talk and I was like, I'm sorry. I should have just said, I'm sorry, I should have got the fuck out of here Interesting. two minutes ago. Let's talk because we're almost out of time, and there's a couple things. Let's look at the paper to see if we if we missed anything. Um, I just wrote down. We asshole. have to leave it at two, right? Oh, that clock's a little fast. Very tricky, Katie. Very tricky. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Katie needs to get out of here. Uh, two man improv. We could talk about Elsa. We have to finish the ghost story. Oh God. Um, and that'll get us back into God pretty nicely, and that's how we close. And then, if you want, we can do the story of the hardest time you've laughed. So we'll finish talking about Elsa. Hardest time I laughed. The ghost. Don't don't even let it bother you. Uh, Elsa, Lamb. Elsa Lamb. Elisa. Elisa. Sorry. Elisa Lamb, and um, and then the hardest time you've laughed is basically. But we'll we'll merge God in in a way that you're comfortable. Anytime you want. And then the other thing was, I feel like whenever you're in that situation, it's always good to go up with someone who's like a friend. Like if you're friends with, like let's say I'm friends with you and you're yeah. friends with Oren. Yeah. You're like Oren. This is, then it's like, oh, thank goodness. That's right. And not like. Not like, oh, I kind of know this guy. It's like, oh, you and Oren are good. It's like the early days of Facebook. You needed to be invited. Like (laughs) somebody would be like, this guy. Then it becomes so easy. Like now it's like uh, Sundance. There's like a thousand people there, and like they all know each other, and like yeah, that's like the best way. They're all wearing puffy jackets. Everybody's wearing puffy jackets. So many puffy jackets. All right, here we go. Elisa is the ghost story. We started talking about her. There's the footage. We'll talk about the footage in the elevator. God, we've, we've so, come full circle. We yeah. have come full circle. So there's a young girl who Forced died the in the Cecil or Cecil Hotel in downtown L.A. So the, the end of the story, this concludes with her being found naked and drowned in the water tank of the hotel. One yeah. of the four water tanks on the roof. And people in the hotel complained about the water. So the water oh, that right. people were bathing in and drinking was like weird color, taste, 
that sort of thing, bad water pressure because there was a body up there. So it's a real horror story. What makes it even better, and this is what we were talking about, was the video of her going into yes. the, into the uh, elevator. Real and footage. It's real footage. <sighs> and so you, you, can, you can explain it if you like. I mean, No, go, go, go. I forget it totally. Well, she gets on and, and she pushes all the buttons. Which is like, and she pushes them in the. Oh, this weird. is right. And to preface what you said before, this is a sane woman, woman that never yeah, had mental no illness in her, her family. In her, in her system. And she, this is her. This is her acting as if you would think she would really act, but it's yeah. very abnormal. She comes in. She kind of crouches over as if she has a secret to the keypad and pushes five. Oh, four, I got to rewatch two, it. Oh man! And then she stands up. The doors don't close. Creepy as fuck. And by the way, especially because did she jet in there or no? No, not she yet. She kind of darts in a little bit. There's an urgency. The second time there was definite urgency, right? Right. Oh, it's so much scarier talking about it. Oh, I'm it's watching. Petrifying. It. Yeah, it's so scary. So she goes in, and I love that there's a, a one of those Star Wars. Yeah, those guys. That's the guy watching us. <laughs> so anyway, we're uh, so she goes and she pushes all five buttons. So she, clearly she just wants to get going. Door doesn't close though. Uh, so that's when I said Occam's Razor. Someone's pushing the button. You know the up button. Yes. That's how you would keep an elevator from leaving. Is that true? Yeah, you know, if you're getting on an elevator and I push the up button before the doors close, they stay open. Right. So, so you think a ghost is pressing the up button? No, I'm saying Occam's Razor. Most plausible, simple explanation is probably the right one is that there's a person there pushing that button. Oh, on the other side. I thought Katie left. <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, on the got other it, side. Got it, got it, got it, yes. Because we're it. only seeing in the elevator. Got it. More interesting explanation is that something paranormal is happening in this really fucked up But didn't hotel. the door close and then open nothing happened? No, see, then, then what happens, so she's standing on there, it won't close. Then she kind of hides in the corner, terrifying, and then she kind of comes out of the door, oh. looks down the hallway, runs back into the elevator, does that going back and forth a couple times. At one point, is kind of like flailing her arms in a weird way, almost like she's talking to something, then uh, gets back on, then leaves, then the elevator doors do close. And then the rest of the footage is you seeing the elevator go to every floor with the doors opening and closing. Which is actually scarier if you don't realize that's what's happening because it just looks like the doors are opening and closing on the same floor. Yeah. But, and, you know, if it were a horror movie the last time that opened and you'd be see the guy. something, you'd see right. the guy, yeah. But that's not what happens. It's real. <laughs> so the doors are just but opening no, so, and closing. No, so, but she runs away, right? She, she runs. At, at the end of the video, she, ru- she runs away. Yeah, and then later that night, the footage that was shot, she's found uh, dead naked, drowned in the water tank. The water tank that's very Do hard. Do you see a picture of that? Is there a photo of her naked and drowned? No. Oh, God. There's an aerial shot of the Right, I tank. remember that. Very hard to get into, very hard to close the lid yes, behind Yes, it's you. near impossible, and they were explaining it. It made no sense. It made no sense. Nobody had any good reason how this person got in the tank. Uh, sort of thing. It's like, a, how do you not make a paranormal activity version of this? It's Here's what, well, cheap. this is what's crazy. The movie Dark Water has a very similar, which came out in 2005, has a very similar arc. There ha- okay, okay, okay. So as, the, the, as two humans who yeah. use, uh, I, know, I know you have a religious background, but who use science to try to figure stuff out, try yep. to find realistic ways, what, there has to be a realistic way for that woman to get into that water tower. Absolutely. So what? what is, is it a matter of, well, we is there a door? There is, is there a, a hatch? There, well, that's what they're saying. There was a hatch, but how did she close the hatch behind her? She, okay, he, she, he must have. He threw her in there and closed the hatch behind well, her. Well, if she's murdered. I'm still saying, I'm going with the, with the hypothesis that she just did this by herself. That obviously, this person, even though she had no history of mental illness and had no drugs in her oh, system. Oh, you think she did this to herself? Something goes nuts. And then, yeah. 
I don't. Oh, I thought there was a killer. Foul play. You're going to foul play. Yeah. I'm not saying I haven't given this any more thought than what we're talking about right now. Neither have I. By the I'm way, just... I'm going to go home and watch it immediately. I remember when I watched it the first time. I was it was so scary because it's like it's also security camera footage. Yeah. And it's this and it's like. But ugh. then go online and you'll notice that uh, there's one video that I saw that points out that the footage has been slowed down, and then a minute is missing. So somebody edited the video. Interesting. Allegedly, according to a YouTube guy. So, I mean, are YouTube guys wrong sometimes? Yeah. But here I am, and I'm watching this stuff, and I'm kind of like, we do live in this world. The thing that I'm fascinated with is the part of our brains that can hear stories like this, that can hear uh, conspiracies or strange things that are just kind of like so undeniably true, you know, seeming in the moment. But then there's something in our brain, and it's the thing that keeps us from freaking out that we're on a planet, that we're on a rock, that there's gravity, that there's light and dark and death and disease and everything – the same function of our brain can also just hit delete on stories like this and go like, that didn't happen. Or, I have or a... she's nuts. She's nuts and she drowned herself. And then you eat a hoagie. There's... <laughs> you know what I mean? Because um... we want to fuck and we want to eat. We don't want to think about like potentially somebody having a demonic thing happen. Well, that's cool. Or also, mental illness, which how about is also this? scary. You could, you could, um... Or a murder, which is also scary. You could think of it almost as a, a religious thing. I think a big aspect of religion is to be there for people, for, to explain the things that cannot be explained. How did the universe come into existence? How did this happen? How did this happen? If you are a religious person, you believe that God made it so, or this happened, or this happened. You know what I mean? And I think that religion is a big way to relieve anxiety of that stuff. Because mm. if you stop for a second, and let's say um, I'm not a very religious person. I'm, I'm Jewish. Is this the wrong time to talk about this or no? No, this is the time Okay, to talk so about. I'm Jewish, uh, and my family is, uh, we're all Jewish, and we're very proud to be Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all about, for Judaism for us is tradition and family. But we, I didn't go to shul. I don't really go to shul, which is temple, which is synagogue, right? And um, like for my bar mitzvah, I got bar mitzvah because it meant a lot to my family. But I had a, I had a, um, not a coach, a tutor, teach right. teach me for a couple weeks beforehand, so I can memorize and know, do all the basic steps I need to become a quote unquote man or whatever. Right. So we're not. So I don't know enough about the Torah. I don't know enough about the Bible and stuff like that. But in my head, the way that I see it is that when there's a huge question that can't be answered, like exactly what you said, like what happens when we die. What, how, how did the world begin? How did we become here? How did blah, 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 all these things? Um, if, you, if, you can, if you can go, well, God made it so, or this person made it so, and you truly believe that, you've relieved that anxiety. You no longer are ang- so anxious and worried about that thing. And I think that's a huge proponent of what religion does. I was actually do you believe just, that I, or no? I, I absolutely do. I, I think, though— uh, And to honestly believe it. Like, you, I, I'm sure you believe it, and there are people that really believe no, it. You're, I, I'm not a religious person. I, I'm oh, I a, thought you are. I'm a spiritually uh, open person. Love. You and love I, love. I, I, I love love. Yeah, yeah. I love all those things that you say that would have made me cringe when I was 22. Right. But uh, the idea of— um, Okay, there is science behind. I was just talking to a very interesting science man, uh, and he was talking <laughs> they about scientists, like a neurologist kind of guy, oh, okay. like a like a you know physics all all the good all the good ones, cool. the interesting ones. And he was talking about how he was a big atheist, and then he became a believer in uh, the Christian like myth, the right. Christian story or whatever. And I, when I say myth, I say that with full respect. Is the idea that that's his interpretation? That's the art. I would say that art and religion, when at their best, are trying to answer those unsolved questions, those things that can't be put into words, but that we have this dull ache. We have a dull ache and these needs that aren't being addressed by science. It's scary, man. And 
science does actually, I think quantum physics does a wonderful job of also offering some comfort and some interesting answers. Oh, I've never heard an explanation through quantum physics of how what happens when we die or how, I know Big Bang and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of the reasons I love True Detective. When you talk about string theory, the idea that we're already in this like never-ending existence, that you've already lived this life over and over and over and again, yeah. and that every possible reality is occurring simultaneously and all this sort of stuff. So the Ben that got hit by the car in your car, there was also a reality where you weren't hit by that car, but you happen to be in this reality. You know what I mean? That sort of stuff gets... Wait, I don't get it. So there's two different... There's alternate universes? There's an alternate universe where your car didn't start this morning, yeah. Really? And there's another one of me? Well, this is the theory of the multiverse. Do you believe that? Which I can't fully explain. Stephen Hawking does. (laughs) You know, our smartest computer Get him on the podcast. He's not available. (laughs) (laughs) He's busy. He's busy figuring this shit out. Get him to do your Superman-Batman bit. (laughs) So I can fucking butcher it on this show. But anyway, what I'm saying is... Well, I do think there is a comfort. There, that's entry-level faith stuff for me, is going, I'm afraid of death and I'm afraid of life and I'm afraid in general. Let's talk about the God that created things and has a hope and a future for me and is, is on my side and there's angels and all that sort of stuff. It's very calming. But then I also think that there's a, a function of religion when you get a little bit deeper where it's just a, it's a mythology. And I, again, I think a culture that loses the value of myth is losing something. When we go, that story is not true, fine. That's fine, but like, what is the message of that myth? What is that right, story? Right, right, right. This is some real rabbinical stuff. What is the story behind? That is the story? exactly how rabbis break it down. Here. Exactly. Who gives a fuck if there was a, a flood? That's why I get so offended with the literal interpretation of the Bible. Sometimes I'm like, you're missing it. You understand? It's not a literal seven days. How could there be days there weren't planets yet? You right, know what I mean? Right. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? He made heaven and earth, then all the other things, and things were rotating. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't understand what's happening. Uh, and I don't, I don't mean to offend people that do believe literally the Bible. Oh, and the same. Oh, by the way, I, did a, I played a rabbi in a movie that's coming out called This Is Where I Leave You, and it was great. And to do research beforehand, I met with like a cool rabbi. Like a young, hip rabbi. Like, cause I want to see, like, because my questions, the ones that I had for him were, by the way, I want to, exactly what you said, I want to believe in all these things. You know what I mean? And, um, mm. like, when I see magic tricks, I, 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 uh, I want you to fool me. I do not, I want to, I want to try so hard to find what you're doing, and I want to not be able to find it. Yeah. But I want to try. I want to fucking, I want to try to, like, in my head, I was like, I'm going to find it. And then if you do it without me finding it, I'm the happiest person in the yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I went to rabbi. I went to this rabbi and I said, "Hey, here are the questions I would ask if I had uh, if I had this form." And I said, um, "Like, how can do you believe that the stories that happened are real? Right? Are there really, are there Jewish people that do?" He goes, "Yes, there are Jewish people that do." He goes, "I am not one of those people." He goes, "And it's exactly what you said. You find that you find out what you know the stories are telling you, yeah. and you take you take things from there." But he goes, "Yes, there are Jewish people that believe that these." are facts you right. know but there are also jewish people who take the essence of it what the story is right and it was very interesting to talk to a younger version of what i'm used to yeah. because you know i did go to synagogue for the holy days uh you know we went to family's house and stuff like that and um so um i knew a little bit but it was very interesting to me uh, to talk to that I, mm-hmm. I wish i you know be a cool person for you to talk to yeah no i, I would love because they I have to mold they have or else they would be so irrelevant and people like you and i yeah. would be like if they're like listen he spread the water you're like come on dude Right. Really? He spread the water? Well, that's the thing that I said to old Robbie B. Robel was I was like, uh, did Jesus literally die and ra- was raised dead from the dead in three days? Or What did he say? Well, I'm not done with my question. <laughs> I go, did Jesus die physically, death and resurrection, three days later come back to life? Uh, or is that a myth to tell us that we need to die to our ego and become rise again to ourselves, wake up to our own divinity sort of thing? And he said, yes. 
That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a rabbi answer right yeah, there, that is. isn't it? Like a riddle do answer. Do you believe that all, that, then do you essentially put a blanket on all religions and be like, all of them are great? Yeah, all, anything that's true, I think, belongs great. to what so I call. So Scientology is the same as the oldest. The newest is the same as the oldest and stuff like that. Well, Scientology, Scientology I think, would tell you that they're not, uh, you know, a religion. Are they not a religion? Yeah, they're, they, oh. they're, they're more like a... But essentially, if you think of, uh, I think they get made fun of because, oh, I'm sorry to say made fun of, but like the stories, the, the elaborate stories yeah. and the tales and... But then if you look at anything in the Old Testament, I mean, like, all those things all are the huge, crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same They've thing. just been told for generations. Yeah. And who knows which is right or wrong. But I, I agree that well, in, we're- in the case for all relig- – I'm the same way where I believe – you know, it's amazing. If you're, if you're a religious person and you have certain beliefs, I'm totally for everybody having their own thing and understanding. And if that puts you in a place of well-being and the thing that you were explaining. Right. It can. I, I, I'm interested in the pursuit. And it sounds like you are as well. It's like when you look at a painting. Say, like, I would love to learn. I love to learn what people think and why yeah. they believe that. Well, what way. do you think? What do you think happens when you die? What do you, why do you think you're here? I will say this: that uh, I never thought of why I'm here. I will say, when I was a kid, I used to not be able to sleep because I would be so afraid of dying. Mm. I would be because so, in my head, I would when this is when I was very young and I lived in the Bronx. I would I would close my eyes and um and immediately think, "Oh my God, this is it. This is what happens when I die." And it scared me so much mm. that I couldn't go to sleep. And I'd have to get my mom and dad to come in and, they, you know, like, forgot how what they said to alleviate my anxiety. But as a kid, like, I think that's why the dark probably, when I was young, the dark was really scary for me. You know, as you grow up, whatever. I don't know what happens when I die. Um, there is a moment of just in case, which is so stupid, like, just in case, maybe I pray, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, but it still petrifies me because there's no answer. It, there's no answer. Maybe that's why people go to religion. That's why I was like, you know, there's answers if you go to religion. There's a heaven and a hell. But um, I, uh, it's still very scary to me. Death and, and when people get illnesses or cancer, it's still very scary to me. When a family member of mine uh, gets hurt or something like that, it's a, I'm very close to my family and my best friends. Very, very close. So it's re- it's really it really uh, gets me scared still. That's mm. the thing that really terrifies me still because mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer is. And it's scary. And you know, like a lot of a bunch of like celebrities have just passed away. It's scary to think like what happens. What do you? I know you've said it probably a thousand times, but what do you believe happens when you pass away? And is it a religious thing or this is your belief? Uh yeah. I mean, I it's, it's I'm open to anything. I'm open to lights out. Last night I was having like a real moment where I was like, what if it is just lights out? That's what happens when I drink. I'm like, but what does that mean? Some lights. I mean, can you hear? Just over. Can just you like, hear things while it's darkness or what? No, dead over. It's over. So what happens? You go where you were before you were born. Nowhere. But that's a thing. You're saying reincarnation. You're going where you're before. Oh, you mean like your where soul you would yeah. go. Where were you before you were and born? And do you have cognizant thought when Did you're you the soul? Did you before you were born? I mean, we wouldn't know our soul. I guess our quote so unquote. So you're kind of forgetting. That goes back to forgetting ghost stories. And I, I'm fascinated with the forgetting. We wake up, we forget our dreams. You know what I mean? You forget all this stuff. You're always, we're always. Oh, how scary would that be if you just forget your entire life? Or that you, well, this is again true detective. And do I get to live again? That you've lived this life over and over and over and over and over and over. Oh, like I'm getting nervous. Talking about this for real, I'm getting nervous. Of course. This. Yeah, th- weird? this is the panic of being alive. Oh, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Right, but that's, really that's what you said yesterday was. I What's your normal, today, if I was going to say the median right answer? Right now that the universe, uh, the laws of the universe to me lend itself to uh, recycling. I, I, I think my preferred theory is that there's probably some sort of uh, either coming back or some sort of staying there. Oh, I got a good question for you. Yeah, but uh, what yeah. do you want to happen if you could choose? What do you want to happen? Not what you believe, but if you could choose, that's a good one. What would you want to happen? Well, what's your answer? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Oh, well, let's figure it out together. No, I want you. I want to hear what you say. 
Because you talk about this, you talk about religion. No, I know stuff. what it is, and it's based on people's. Uh, and it doesn't not something you believe, but something that if you're like, if I could write this, yeah. what would I write? But this is what it is. Tell me. And this is based on uh, this is based on a, a book I read called Proof of Heaven, a very manip- manipulative title that worked for me. Proof okay. of Heaven. Right? Yeah, I'll read that. I don't mean manipulative in a bad way. Katie loved that joke, a, by the way. It's a sticky title. Uh, Proof of Heaven, good book. Uh, I think it's like that. In that. We go to where uh, everything makes sense. We go back to this thing, this idea that there's a, a creation, there's a consciousness behind everything, and we go back to unity with it. And the reason we left that to come here was to learn more about that thing. Meaning, when we were in that infinite paradise where it's like you're on mescaline, everything's vivid, everything's more real, it's not less real, it's not floating in clouds, it's a reality that's more real than this, it's like being awake for the first time. Right. It's like, it's, it's not necessarily kicking it with your grandparents, but you're like soaring and experiencing and communing and just living. In this world? Are we uh, like... No, you're in another dimension that we can't see. Let's call it the kingdom of heaven. You're over there. <laughs> and then the reason we came here was because we needed to be put in mortal vessels to understand the beauty and truth of that creation force, that consciousness that spawned us. That soul that's up there in the quote-unquote heaven. That thing. So we're here We're here. We to... elect. We came here to understand better. And then we go back there. And the reason why we might come back here is to learn more. And it's because this is the best way. The Bible talks about humans uh, being able to connect with God in a way even greater than the angels. So if you – and that, you know, again, I'm saying that's a myth. That's a story. That's something that we're told mm-hmm. that if we go there, we're so close and so connected that it is blissful. But we come here because that's the way that we can, like, learn. It's almost like you're in love with a woman. And it's like I wish I could be – with you when you were a child to get to know you. So I'm going to go back in time and be your cat. You know what I mean? Because I want to see you when you were a kid. And that's why we're here. Uh, I think that's gorgeous. I was going to go on a tangent, but there's no reason because the end. But that, that's, uh, that's gorgeous. What's your answer? Um, God, man, because in my head it's like, oh, God, how fun would that Okay, well, this is this is. Don't the, get me wrong. There's flying around and stuff. There's like soaring. Yeah, there's still like yeah. we're soaring California here. But um, oh, I love that ride. Of course, I just went to Disneyland the other week. For the my orange, friend's bachelor party. Smell. Um, the orange smell. Um, okay, so I have a question for you in this particular world. You if that's the you, case, people are going to. I feel the comments from what people are going to talk about. I talk too much. Oh really? Benny Schwartz. I talk so much today. You're you, good. You got to give them what they want. Um, uh, we can go right back to me. My question is then: in that world. Can I can I just kill everybody here and then I end up in the same place? There's no repercussions. That's a great answer. And what do we do with evil? And what do we do with starving people? Are you See, telling me scary. that starving people came here and elected to be born oh, God. with AIDS in Africa? Oh. The, the problem of pain. It's a problem. I don't. I my my theory. My beautiful. I've never theory, heard that theory before, but it's very interesting because then essentially it has problems. Though the next li- the next quote unquote life could be the one that you're explaining over. We have some Here's sort of terminal thing. illness and we yeah. get to feel a little bit of everything. I think, like, we're not going to be comedians in every life, correct? Well, then if you want to get real real true detective and stuff. Shit. Or forget true detective. If you want to get real multiverse, there are realities where we're not comedians. And we're trying to – I look at it as like skiing, and I just talked about this on an old episode. Skiing or uh, plachinko, pachinko, that price is Plinko, right. Yeah. Plinko, We're trying to navigate. We're trying to – okay, so someone is sick. If the multiverse theory is correct, there is a, a universe where they are healed, and there's one where they die. And we're, I, I'm trying to ski and pray and align myself and follow my bliss in a way that we stay in the good one. Which is to say that there's another this Pete somewhere. There's another Pete somewhere that's like dealing with the fact that 
Um, you think his name would be Pete? I think his name would be Doromoch. It could be Doromoch, and I could have been, I could have been, uh, you know, horribly mangled or, or anything. If every reality is happening, just the way an electron, again, I'm butchering so many of these theories, <laughs> an electron, when observed, is, is shown to be moving in every possible pattern in an atom. Like, it's not moving from point A to B. It's everywhere. So every reality is kind of doing that as well. Again, I'm butchering this. I'm going to stop talking about this stuff because there's, uh, there's, uh, there's we're going to get, we're gonna get a quantum physics. I know we have like a one minute. We have one minute left. Uh, but um, <laughs> um, there's this. Are you is sure? Okay. I mean, I, I have to be out here because it like still looks okay. You know, watch. Um, you're going to leave? No, no, no. I. You have to go. Okay. okay, that's good. Um, there's a sentence you just said that was funny to me that I realized in relationship stuff is that... By the way, if people have suggestions for a quantum physicist to have on the show, please. How cool would that be? Or a string theorist. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, because I'm sorry, and to everybody that knows this stuff better than me, I do apologize. I'm doing my <laughs> Both best. of us are big dum-dums. We said it at the very beginning. I read an article on HuffPo. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> I, saw like, yeah. I saw a Family Guy episode where they made fun of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, when you said uh, when you're like really in love with someone, you almost want to wish that you could go back and see them grow up or whatever. Yeah. I want to make the argument. Yes, I would love, you know, when you really care for someone, but um, uh, I would make the argument with, with women that I've dated or been with that if I hadn't met them at that exact time, the relationship might not have worked or the relationship might, I wasn't, I wasn't oh, adult enough, enough. Yeah, I wasn't open enough. I wasn't adult enough. I wasn't, uh, all that stuff. I, that's a new thing that I just learned. Yeah, no, that, that's a perfect, that's a perfect point. The only reason that would work with this God idea is that it's so perfect? It's so it's such perfect love. It's it's beautiful. By the way, it just takes all the pressure off of life for a second when it's like you're going to end up there and you're going to get thrown in another one. You're going to forget, but you're going to get thrown in. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. And the murdering guy needs to work some stuff out. You know what I mean? Like he, that's a problem. But I'm just saying, like that. I believe you. You does that bring you calm when you when you can when you get to a place where you truly believe that and you've convinced yourself of that? You, Pete Holmes, does that get you to a place of relaxation and anxiety is gone for a little bit? And what, these theories? The, no, that exact thing you just said—the thing that you want. Yeah, where it's like you got, and you know, this is yes. just us learning. It does. And of then, course. what does it take to make you not believe that anymore? To have your doubts. What we're saying to, to when we see try to, these like, random pains and problems, and right. and to talk to friends that 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 are it, these are pretty uh, fortunate theories. You know what I mean? Yes, these are positive theories. You're eating a big lunch, and then you're like, I think I chose this place. Yeah, but there is, you know, there's interesting. Things weird kids say and stuff about choosing to come here. The, the Christian story is the story of Christ coming to earth because God wanted to save us, you know what I mean? And, and to see what it was like to right. be a man. It stands to reason that it would be like, we want to we wanna also come here to learn about God or something. I don't know. Going in between realities in different forms to learn about, ultimately to learn about love. It's very interesting to talk about this stuff because, by the way, I did bring up to the rabbi what happens when you die. What did he say? I fucking forgot. By the way, I wrote it down. By the way, I think I might still have it here. I wrote down a bunch of shit that he wrote because like, when I was doing it, I was like, I'm playing a rabbi. I should know the first thing about being a rabbi. And then I made it. You have these things also where you just write notes for of days. Of course, notes for days. Um, I think I have one that says rabbi on it. <laughs> I could not though. Oh no, these are just prayers that I remember. I didn't. This is the part of the song that's not as good. And then someone's like, "In the jungle, in the jungle, in the mighty jungle." It really peaks at Baza Kenya. Baza Kenya. You know who sang that, by the way? This is a real thing. John Popper. 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we don't know the meaning of life. You're not worried about your own death. Like what happened? Oh, uh, you talking like this makes me very scared. It's like talking about a like talking about a horror movie. Talking, I had the same. Oh, experience. like the ghost thing. When yeah, we were talking I literally about. get scared when you say it. I'll get scared until somehow my brain pushes it aside. Same with any anxiety, like oh, this person, this thing, that thing. You know, I didn't do well. That's until your brain thing. pushes it aside somehow. Your brain will go, "Thanks a lot," and now it has to empty that garbage. Oh somewhere. my god, yes, literally and, anxious. Some people have a hard oh, time. There, like go. there'll be times also. This is a way to think about it in relationships. When like you'll get a text from a girl, I'll get a text from a girl or a guy, whatever. Like, but for me, if it's from a girl, I'll get a text, and then immediately I'll be like. Um, I'll be like, uh, shit. Um, they didn't text back. And then I will go through all of the emotions of this girl that I want to be in a relationship with in my head. I'll first be like, I'll give her a little bit and then be like, fuck her. What the fuck? You know what I mean? And then I'll really lust after her that she hasn't mm-hmm. texted. Then I'll get beyond that and think, Ben, how stupid were you that you fucking mm-hmm. lusted after this person? And then I'll hate them. You know, I'll go, I'll give my, I will always make myself feel worse than you can make myself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Stuff like that. But um, that's that's like a, a big thing also. Where your brain, oh, this is a great thing to talk about for a second. It's crazy how if you can convince yourself that something is okay, it's crazy. I mean, sociopaths can convince themselves that killing someone is okay. Mm-hmm. They won't feel grief. They won't feel grief. Right. The thing that scared me the most is when I was on like a cliff and like everybody's jumping off the cliff. And in my head, I'm like, if I jump off this cliff, I'm going to die. I'm going to die if I jump off this cliff. And I convinced myself somehow because everybody was doing it to jump off. It was when I was young, and I just realized that I just went against the biggest thing. It was like, you cannot do this. You will die if you do this. Mm. And I somehow convinced myself to do it, and that scared me so much. Because mm. then, like, what cliff ever in your life? What, you know what I mean? Like, the, the things like, you can convince yourself. Yes. Of, okay. How scared. And, of course, you go me. to the Nazis. Of course, you go to the Nazis. Dude. The way that we can brainwash ourselves. But it is scary what you can convince yourself. Yeah. Uh, well, this is great, man. Let, oh, here's my last Elisa Lamb thing. God, a lot of Elisa stuff. Yeah, this is the last one. Ready? How many of these have you done? 50? 60? Your episode. You might be episode 200. Holy shit. Yeah, you might be the big 200. Couldn't have asked for a better guess. You're a delight. Is this kind of what you wanted? <laughs> yeah. For 200? I mean... Is George Clooney going to come out of nowhere? Matty D's going to come? Hello. Oh, George, what are you doing here, man? Uh, I, I, uh, I can't do him. <laughs> That hello wasn't bad, but then I lost it immediately. If you want to... If, if, gra- Try. Gravity. <laughs> I fly. Ocean, Ocean's 11. I, we go in to the casino. <laughs> I can't do it. I'd have to hear it. I, and I can hear it in my brain. Isn't that weird? Oh, what God. are thoughts? I hear it. I, I, I now have a thought. This is so... So many big things we're talking about I today. Know. Well, you ever have a dream and you nail some... You sound exactly like a doctor? You know, you it's say, a dream. Yeah, you say something perfect. Yeah, it's I in know. you. You're able to think like that. That's You're the one who invented that. Well, that's a that. big improv thing. I got that from improv. They were like, when you dream, you don't. Re- You're a cowboy. And you know to say it's howdy. crazy. That's interesting. That'll get people out of their heads and a little you bit. You say howdy, normal, and you're not worried about it. <laughs> and you probably had a past life. You're a cowboy. Uh, this last thing with Lisa, if you want to bring it up. Oh, yeah. So the day after she died, I believe. And you can Google this. It's, it's a fun time at the movies to kind of indulge in this <laughs> strangeness. Uh, there was a tuberculosis epidemic, I believe. Uh, not related, but Oh, in, right. In so the they're afraid era. that her blood probably had tuberculosis. It wasn't related. It was just in the exact same okay. area, like the same block. So they were testing for, I believe it was tuberculosis. And the test they have for tuberculosis after the death of Elisa Lan the next day is called Lan Elisa. That's the name of the test they were running. 
Just kind of like a weird serendipity. Really? Yeah, Google it. This oh. has been You Made It Weird. <laughs> Ooh, it's like You Made It Queasy. So it was a little bit, it's a little bit queasy. You just drank your juice? You only drank juice all day? Is that your new thing? Yeah, I drink a lot of juice. <laughs> That's a good way to end we, the podcast. We can't all be like you, you motherfucker. No, I fucking ran today. I oh, worked out. I feel way out of shape. Oh, yeah. really? You, you, you must remind me of a friend I had that was just like effortlessly thin no. and active and flipping around. Just since I turned thirty, everything starts fucking not feeling as good, and I get sick more often if I don't take care of myself. I have to eat better. Mm. Sucks. Mm. Really sucks. Thirty sucks. I'm thirty-two now. Two years of being ugh. Get strep pneumonia for the first time, knee pains. You've had a rough time. <laughs> no, we're I both, love, we're, both we're both literally the luckiest people in the universe. Yeah, my thirties are my favorite. So yeah, you're gonna be out. amazing. Every year we get to do more shit. You know how amazing that is. I know. Just keep moving, keep flowing, keep moving, keep climbing the ladder. Keep moving, because essentially what Remember, Pete says is you turn into a flying ghost. Yeah, <laughs> but a happy one. Uh, Should we sing the "You Make It Weird" song at the very end? <clears throat> sure. A whole totally original one. Do you want to start? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or do you want me to start? You go. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. You open up. Open up. Go ahead and open up. Open up. And fill up the truth. Fill up the truth. Because it's just a podcast. (laughs) And if you give it your all, then you will let Pete Holmes inside. Because you. When you say keep it crispy, that's how the show ends. Keep it crispy! That's, that's a real improviser there that doesn't even question it. That's normally like Why a five-minute conversation. Cares. Like, Why do I have You're to already talking it? about the weirdest shit in the world. That's where I'm going to draw the line? A fantastic episode. Thank you so much. Oh, Sincerely. Sure. Ben, no, we're not. We're, they're still recording. Oh, I put off my earphones. No, you can I mean, I mean Ben Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.